da 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 keep your hands off my sack what? i wonder if there's any sealed games in here i can open yeah they're all there's a whole bunch in there quick while mark's not here mm-hmm. <laughs> oh the ones in the glass case mm. <laughs> surely those aren't um <clears throat> we should see what's inside them i mean you know there might be empty boxes <laughs> true <laughs> I was concerned about one of his sealed games, which I think he's since opened. Top. Is that it? <laughs> Thank you. Small recommendation. <clears throat> we were just trying to decide whether we should open your Street Fighter 2 or oh. one of those last ninjas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you have to unlock the cabinet first. <laughs> oh, we'll just smash the glass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Case of emergency. <laughs> I think this qualifies. The button is pressed. I'm eating a jalapeno popper. Mm-hmm. I'm also holding the other button. I'm eating another jalapeno popper. Ball's like half gone already. It's all right. I got two more packets. <laughs> Should we start? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not looking that up. What? Yeah. Exactly. Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast Episode 53, a podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball and everything in between. It's the 23rd of August 2019 and my name is Mark Bell. My name's John. My name's Matt. And how are we, men? Okay. Good. Good? Was once a boy, then to a man became. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> uh yeah i'm i'm better i have a voice oh now. yeah how uh, are you mark i'm better oh. <laughs> i have a voice now yeah yeah yeah. it's good <laughs> yeah i lost my voice for a couple of days um now it's just a cough so i might cough every now and again mm-hmm. join the party we'll cut cut that out you have a cough oh remember you've yeah. had a cough for years yeah yeah well yeah. this year right. i seem to get a cough every time i drink coke like it gets all like stuck in my throat and then mm. does that happen to you no, no, no. I, think, uh, I think you might be strange. Matt, Matt was nodding in well, agreement. Occasionally, you might get like bubbly bits hmm. left over, oh, like then. a burp. <laughs> is that what? That strange what feeling that you feel in the back of your throat. Is there a you name know, for that? You know, when you do a fart from your mouth, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just doesn't smell as much. You know, pop rocks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So if you swallow the pop oh, rocks okay. before they've done popping, yeah, anyone? Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Anyone who listens to this podcast will be very familiar with the throat gurgles. Mm. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we've done a few of those here and there. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Pop rocks? No, the throat gurgles. <laughs> uh, you know when uh, the air like slowly escapes from your throat. Yeah, but is, is that <laughs> the the cold? Is it like that? Coughs? No, it's like. Okay, we probably. <laughs> this mm. is a this is a tangent. Yeah, this is like the boys to men conversation. We just shouldn't be having it. No, the boys to men conversation is good. I'm sad no. we didn't really finish it. I feel like uh, with, there was no closure there. Mm. Well, we've got like good an hour or so to remember the name of the song. <laughs> Mark won't look it up for me. Boys <clears throat> to men is just as good as a mouth fart. <laughs> is my opinion. <laughs> Probably worse. 
Uh, this episode, we're going to only talk about BPAC. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly Boys to Men. Possibly. But probably not. Uh, <laughs> so we were all at BPAC. Yeah, and we're yes. all home now. Correct. Mm. We are all back in Sydney. We're all well we enough. Mm. Mm. The BPAC showcase. To be the Brisbane Symbol and Arcade Collective Showcase Event 2019, mm. yes. to be exact. Mm. Well, yeah. I saw some of the pictures of the later period when I wasn't there, and it looked like they moved in some different arcade games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That looked really cool, and I was sad that I missed out on that. Mm. Yeah, they were constantly moving machines around. Mm. Um, yeah, so we're back. Um, we've had almost a week to recover. Oh, we recovered. Oh, well, you've had two weeks. Yeah, I'm back into normal life. Right. What yeah. about you, Matt? I, I slept many days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did have the post-con blues for about two days after. Right. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I've had a chance to do that yet, having the post-con blues. Really? Yeah, because I got sick. Um, I took two days off work. I've been back at work now for two days. Now we're recording this podcast, so it feels like it's just been one long stream. The excitement continues. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I don't think I've... I don't feel like I've had any downtime just yet. Mm. But, yeah, still feeling okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to go back over what BPAC is, it's a 10-day event... Mm-hmm. Uh, pinball and arcade, obviously, uh, held at the Echo Showgrounds in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of events that happened. I'll just go through all of them. Why not? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this will take a while. There's a lot of events. There's a lot yeah. of pinball. Yeah. So Friday the 9th at 10 a.m. there was a pump and dump pinball competition. 5:30 p.m. pump and dump finals. Saturday the 10th. 10am Classics Target Match Play Pinball, 10am Australian Kong Off 3 Qualifying, 8pm Classics Pinball Flip Frenzy, Sunday the 11th, 10am 10 Strikes Fair Strikes Pinball Comp, 10am Australian Kong Off 3 Finals, 8pm Split Flipper Pinball World Championship, Monday the 12th, 11am Kids Pinball and Arcade Masterclasses. Oh. We didn't see that. We were sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 12 p.m. under 16s double elimination pinball competition. 2 p.m. parent and child pinball competition. Hmm. 6 p.m. mini match play pinball at Pincadia. So they didn't just have stuff at the hmm. Echo. They hmm. moved around a few different venues as mm-hmm. well. Tuesday the 13th, they had another kids pinball thing. 12 p.m. another 16s double elimination pinball comp. Mm-hmm. 2 p.m. another parent and child. 4 p.m. Brisbane Pinball Club at Netherworld. We did... Go yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Wednesday the 14th, again, kids and under-16s and parent and child. Then 6pm, Pinball Club at Coolangatta Tweed Time Zone. We didn't go to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand Coolangatta's a bit away, maybe an hour, hour and a half um, from mm- Brisbane City. Uh, I don't know. I didn't look, okay. but, uh, but you know. Yeah, either way we didn't go. Thursday the 15th, 10am, Brisbane Masters Herb Style Pinball Comp. 6.30pm, Brisbane Masters Three Strikes Pinball Comp. Friday the 16th, 10am, Brisbane Masters Herb Qualifying Continues. 
1pm, the Queensland Women's Pimple Championship. 7pm, Brisbane Masters Her Pimple Comp Finals. 8pm, Random Pairs Pimple Side Comp. Hmm. Saturday the 17th, 10am, Brisbane Pimple Masters Comp Qualifying. 10am, Australian Arcade Championships Qualifying. 8pm, Stallball Pimble Cup. Sunday the 18th, 10am, Brisbane Pimple Masters Finals. 10am, Australian Arcade Championships Finals. 8pm, Brisbane Masters Closing Party Flip Frenzy. Wow. And in addition to that, I think on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, they had um, two brothers who were going for the world record on Nibbler and Ice Cold Beer, mm-hmm. which was going to be around 30 to 50 hours each. Mm. So that was going to run for three or four days. So that's the event. I just realized, um, <clears throat> so this might be obvious for some people, but it seems like the Brisbane Arcade and Pinball Collective is actually a group of people that own venues. Yeah. And not, so... Not just own venues, but hmm. yeah. Some of them are and some of them are just connected in the community. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm. It's, I don't know the full details, but it's a non-profit collective mm-hmm. of interested parties that I guess put on events and mm. stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. So it was big. It was huge. Like all the things we enjoy. Mm. Um, I guess for you, John, I'm interested particularly to hear your thoughts, um, seeing as it was the first time you'd been to Netherworld, first time you'd been to Pincadia, first time you'd been to One Up, mm-hmm. and also Kong Off, that Kong Off weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think myself and Matt built up Kong Off to be mm-hmm. this amazing thing, you mm-hmm. know, absolutely amazing, and you have to go to it, and you kind of um, traded packs for Kong Off. Mm. So, what were your thoughts? Give us your, uh, you know, just general opinion, not necessarily going into specifics of results and things like that, but, yeah, just what you thought, good Mm. and bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's interesting as well being someone who's not really um, ever been interested in Donkey Kong, and I think you were in a similar position the Mm. last time when you went, and you learned a lot about the game when you went there. Yeah. because of me, uh, me having, like, a limited budget and stuff, I didn't enter any of the comps either. Um, I mean, this is this is because, you know, my wife is... We just had a baby and she's not working now and hmm. it's actually... Yeah, it's sort of... We're probably at the tightest point of the whole process of having a kid, mm-hmm. um, I think, because, uh, yeah, it's we've only got the one income, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, because of that... I decided not to enter comps because it costs money to do that. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so I think for me, like one of the really cool things was just being around everyone that was involved, meeting a whole lot of people that I've interacted with online but mm. have never met before mm-hmm. and people that I'd never talked to before and um, everyone was really nice. And I think that when you go to something like that where you have a whole lot of people who are really into a particular thing. Um, everyone's just so happy to be there and excited. Mm. Um, everyone's just... It's just really nice to talk to people and meet people like that. And, yeah, 
there was a real camaraderie and you could just talk to anyone it felt like you mm. know um mm-hmm. and <laughs> there seemed to be this common question of like so what's your game you know <laughs> yeah uh, cuz yep. not like there wasn't i wouldn't say there's a lot of people that would say donkey kong was their game mm. um there's probably you know maybe i mean this is only kind of a guess but like maybe four or five people that might say that mm. but there was people that are good at donkey kong but maybe they're into something else yeah um and yeah a lot of people that just played in the comp just because that was the big comp that was happening mm. um yeah but it was really nice just to meet a whole bunch of people and almost everyone had it it seemed like almost everyone had a world record in something but Mm, it was probably more just that everyone had like a game that was really a game that they loved yeah yeah and awesome to meet dennis and he did a lot of things that were really nice Mm. um yeah and it's just a shame that a lot of those people live so far away and you only get to see them every you know once a year or whatever yeah yeah so um yeah (laughs) you know very much echoes what i loved about kong off too was that you know it's a donkey kong competition but everyone in the arcade community is there it's like that's the central meeting point and Mm. whether donkey kong's their game or not Mm. they're all there and, and they're all just really passionate about talking about games yeah and like you said you know what's what's your game What's the game that you play? Yeah. And lots of world record holders and um, it felt like it was and still is really easy to just talk to anyone because everyone's into what you're into, which is games. Mm. And uh, and and you can just walk up and, and like you said, say, oh, so what's the game that you like? And you can get into a conversation about that. So, yeah, that, I... That, that is exactly how I felt about Kong Off too, and what mm. I loved about it. Mm. And what did you think about um, Netherworld, Pincadia, and One Up, and places like that? Pretty amazing places. Um, One Up was ridiculous. Like so many games. Mm. Uh, yeah, just insane. And a lot of them seemed to be well looked after as well. Um, mm-hmm. I spoke to Richard and he said that he wasn't very happy with some of the pinballs, but Richard I think, Rhodes. <clears throat> yeah, mm. but I think he can, um, certain things can get on his nerves. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice anything like that. All the pinballs mm. looked, looked really nice to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the only thing that was a shame was the whole thing of food and drink and I mean, they're not a bar. It's. Mm more of a family-style venue in that they don't have alcohol. Uh, and the way it's set up with free play, you know, it's a, a an entry fee and yep. then you can play as much as you want. Yeah. Um, but then you also couldn't have any food or drinks where the games were. Mm. If you were eating, you had to eat outside. Yeah. Um, and I guess this is maybe, again, a reflection on the idea of it being uh, more of a family venue. Maybe they're worried about kids being... Messier or less aware of, like, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that, f- for me, was, like, a bit of a disappointment. But, I mean, I understand why they might do that. Hmm. But for that reason, I definitely would prefer to go to 
to uh, Netherworld or Pinkadia. Mm. Pinkadia was amazing. Like, that's a lot of pinballs in that room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they had the arcade downstairs, yep. which was really cool as well. Um, yeah. They had nice food too. Mm. And yeah, I mean, Netherworld is a really great venue with a really good balance of pinball and arcades. Mm. They had a lot more arcades than what uh, Pinkadia had. Um, a lot more original arcades as well. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those ones that, well, not a lot of them, but maybe half of them at Pinkadia were either repros or um, they had LCDs in yeah. them, things <coughs> like that. Mm. They had a bunch of original cabs as well, but Netherworld yeah. certainly had more original cabs. Mm-hmm. I really regret not playing the Hydro Thunder at Pinkadia. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Did Did you play it, Matt? No, I don't. I saw it in the corner. It's not the yeah. kind of game you would play, Mark. No. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, "Oh, gotta play that," you know. Hmm. But I didn't. I don't know why. But yeah, wasn't Dragon's Lair as well something you wanted to play? Dragon's Lair, because yeah. that was there at Pinkadia, and that looked like an original cab. Yeah, it would have been cool hmm. to play it. Although I'm not good at it, so I would have just died in two seconds. But. Uh, hmm. Be cool to play an actual cab of that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. What else? Yeah, I mean, they just had they had lots of pinball. Um, but yeah, the the games at Netherworld are really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so excited about playing that crazy taxi. Mm. And uh, yeah, the accelerator. There was something wrong with it. Mm. Um, and and Jimmy was like. We told him, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll have a look at it. We replaced it like a month ago because it was having some issues. Um, But there's was obviously something wrong with it. Like it was when you were like not pressing the accelerator, the car would drive, which Mm. is not supposed to happen. Mm. And yeah, obviously couldn't get the boost to work. And I got it to work a couple of times, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't, it wasn't happening like 90% of the time. So, yeah. there's more to that story. I know that you heard the follow-up on this. Uh, <clears throat> I did hear some talk about it. So, on the very last day we were there. there was um, some, Someone got the pin score. I heard that. A couple of people did. Yeah, yeah. Bunch, and a pun- mm. bunch almost did as well. And apparently so, Jimmy <clears throat> said, oh, you, it's just a workout to get it going. Uh, I don't know, but he looked really good at it. Jimmy the guy himself. that was playing. Oh, Jimmy. Yeah. Right. And then we watched uh, Bowen... Bowen Cairns, yeah. Mm. Like, get like 10 bucks short of it, and then like the, the very next game he, he mm. did it. And then, and then some other guy, I don't know who it was, he mm. cleared the whole game and got two credits. Really? Yeah. Mm. And was consistently boosting? Uh, I guess, yeah. They, they knew how to do it. They were doing it, from what I understand, and I don't know anything about the game, but, and yeah, from the people that I was talking to, they were saying that they were doing the boost in a different way, yeah. mm. a different technique. Okay. It worked every time. There must be another way of doing it. Yeah. What, do you know what that way was, Matt? No. Okay. Because there, I don't know how you do it normally. There is hmm. a lot of advanced, more advanced skills. Like there's a boost and then there's a super boost. Hmm. And I've spoken, I've told you about this, Mark. Hmm. Um, and it just requires like, so the boost is like, ex- like you hit drive and then accelerate. The super boost, you while you're already going... You, uh, so you let go of the accelerator, then go into reverse, then drive, then accelerator, and it 
makes you go even faster. Hmm. Um, and it's not too hard to do on a console, but I imagine with a real accelerator, it'd take a bit more of a practice at getting the skill right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, the other thing that confirmed it for me was that Jack, who's from Melbourne, he was there. He said he was there like a couple of months ago and it was working. Mm. Right. And he said it was working every time. It was working mm. better. Mm. Um, and so for me, I was like, okay, well, that seems definitely like something's going on. And it, and there must be some other way of making the boost mm. happen. And that, that must be how these other people were doing it. Mm. Yeah. There's no way you could do it without, because you just can't get fast enough to the customer's but with, when it's working, 3,700 is not hard to get. Um, mm. Yeah. I know. The, these three people didn't seem to have much trouble with it. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you can boost, yeah, it's really it's really not hard. Mm. <laughs> uh, when you Obviously, when you know the game. Because um, when I saw that score, I was like, yep, no problem. And I was practicing point blank a lot at home. I played one game of Crazy Taxi and got like 6,000. I was like, yep. I got this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Really, maybe uh, maybe Jimmy did something as well. He might have adjusted it or something. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. Anyway, um, that's kind of uh, a side thing. But, it, I mean, the venue was awesome apart from that. Like, mm. yeah. Yeah, I know it was a frustration because, yeah, you're really looking forward to getting that pin. I was also just looking forward to playing a real cab of the game because yeah. I don't. I'm, I might have seen one before, but it's not something you see very often. Mm. Um, and I was really excited just to play it. Mm-hmm. And having the wheel actually makes it a bit easier because it requires uh, when you're going through the traffic having the analog adjustments rather than like using a controller. Yep, definitely makes things easier. Yep. Um, so I'm keen to, to play it again. Yeah. Mm. That'd be really cool. Mm. Mm. Cool. Um, so thumbs up from you. Yeah. Mm. Really awesome. Um, I wish we had stuff like that, you know, closer. We've got 1989. Um, Mm. and I think Ben's biggest problem is space, as he said a lot of times. Um, (laughs) and, uh. Yeah. Cool. Mm. And maybe from you, Matt, I'm interested to hear uh, what you thought of this event compared with Kong Off 2 last year. Did it live up to it? Did it it exceed it? Or was it sort of the same? No, this was... I mean, it was better. Yeah, because, well, the whole thing, everything surrounding it was a lot bigger. Hmm. Um. I mean, besides just having the pinball stuff on at the same time, um, and it seemed like there was more people, certainly mm. more people from Sydney. Yeah. Um, yeah, a big group of us went up there. Yeah. yeah. And as well, having Billy Mitchell and Walter Day, mm-hmm. you know, on site and getting to see them play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, getting to see Billy play. Mm. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff made the thing seem a lot more yeah, epic. Yeah. It also went for 10 days. Well, that's that's the rest of it, right? Because <laughs> after that, well, that was just that first weekend. And then after that, yeah, there's all the midweek pinball, which I probably, looking back, probably should have done more of that. Yeah. Um. And then the arcade champs on the last weekend. Hmm. 
like another thing and something we could actually play in. Mm. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that looked really cool. I'd definitely like to be involved next time, assuming it's a possibility. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, from what we heard, they're going to, they'll definitely do it again. Because mm. um, they're saying, you know, it, it was something like 35 players this time. They, they are certain that they can get a lot more than that next time. So I think they're definitely planning for another attempt next year. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remembered a, one of the funny stories from the whole weekend. It was really good to see Tim and we told him about, I think this was the night of the, I think it must have been, must have been Saturday night. We explained to him the pin, the pin comp that mm-hmm. we were doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he start, went off to play some pinballs to try and get some pins. And I'd been playing Crazy Taxi with Ben and I was complaining to you about how these two people, so we had like four credits in the game. Ben played a game and then I was talking to Mark and you were playing Tapper, Matt. Mm-hmm. And then there was someone else there standing around and Ben finished and then I think he was talking to the other person and this couple walked up and just got on the crazy taxi Hmm. and they even had to like reach around and was kind of like had her arms out because there was a dude standing right there so she had to kind of squeeze in. Hmm. They just press start, start playing. Hmm. And I start complaining to Mark about like, what the hell are these (laughs) guys doing? Like, And I said, well, you left the game. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but it was like it's not like there's yeah, no one standing around. Yeah, and like if that was me, I'd if there was people around, I'd be like, um, is someone playing this? Yeah, um, <laughs> and then so I was complaining to Mark about it, and they continued to play all three credits. Oh, yeah, and I think we started playing Tapper, and I'd ordered some food. I had my buzzer. I was waiting for that to come. Anyway, I needed to go to the bathroom. Went to the bathroom. As I was walking past, uh, Tim was playing Batman 66, which is right next to the bathroom. Mm. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, I was talking to him. And he's like, oh, do you want to play this? And like, yeah, that sounds cool. I just need to go to the bathroom. So I went there, came back. We played that for a bit. After like half an hour, I realized my food. (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot about my food. (laughs) And he needed to go to the bathroom, so he went away. We had just put in another two credits. Played, I played ball one, so I was sitting there with crappy ball one score and zero for player two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, my food, I just remembered. And I ran back to you guys who were playing Tapper where I left my buzzer. Huh. And I was like, has this gone off? I can't remember who was there. And someone said... I was there, yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It was going a for times. a long time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, shit. <laughs> So, uh, I grabbed it and I ran back to the food bar and there was no one there and there was a sign that said, order food at the main bar. (laughs) And I was like, crap. And uh, then I look over at Batman and it's sitting there with the game there. I'm like, someone's still going to steal our game. And I'm like, what do I do? And then I see this guy walk up to the machine. (laughs) Same guy. No, different 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 guy. guy. Okay. And he's looking around. Yeah. And there's some people like at the table sort of next door and he's like, ah, I couldn't see what he was saying, but he was kind of pointing and looked like he was asking them, is Mm -hmm. someone playing this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And so I ran around. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're playing it. We're playing it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, no worries. And I'm like, but thanks for asking. <laughs> I was just playing this game before and someone else just took our credits. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, no worries. And like, cool, yeah, thanks. And, he's, um, and then Tim came back mm-hmm. and Tim saw I was talking to him and, you know, you know what Tim's like. He'll talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I'm Tim, you know, and uh, starts talking to him. And <clears throat> then uh, he was like, do you want to play? Like he asked... Tim asked, his name was Gary, do you want to play? And he's like, no, no. He's like, honestly, I was being one of those people that were like, oh, free credits, I'll play this. (laughs) And uh, so then Tim pulls out a dollar, puts it in the machine, he goes, look, look, there's a free free credit. credit. (laughs) (laughs) And he just presses the start button. So then we played Batman with Gary for a while. Cool. Yeah. Good old guys. Yeah. Mm. That was fun. (laughs) Uh, Uh, The adventures you have. Yep. Yeah, cool. And, uh, yeah, from my perspective, I think I just back up all of your comments. Um, it was awesome. It was bigger and better than last year. I mean, how else How, how else could you describe it when you've got Kong off combined with Brisbane Pinball mm. Masters yeah. plus another competition, Arcade Champs, thrown yeah. in. Yeah. And then a week-long, you know, other competitions mm. and... Set yeah. in the showground, so there's always something going on. Mm. Plus, you have Netherworld, Pinkator, and One Up right next to you. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah. Ten days of bliss, yeah. basically. And I, I actually, um, I feel kind, I feel really bad actually talking about, you know, Crazy Taxi and how I was annoyed and disappointed by that because I know that Jimmy has put in so much effort to mm. get this thing going, and it's so great, like what he's achieved and. Mm-hmm. what they're doing not just him but everyone that's involved but i know that he's a really big you know um, part of that yep and so i feel bad you know coming along being like oh this fucking game didn't work but, <laughs> Jimmy, um, your crazy taxi doesn't work <clears throat> yeah and and honestly though i say it because i just i value honesty and i think he would probably appreciate that but mm. uh but yeah i mean the amount of effort and like i understand i told him about it i didn't expect it to get fixed because i know that they got so much going on, like yeah. they don't have time to go and fix a game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I really appreciate it, and I, I went up to him and said thank you so much for like all the effort mm. he put in. Because uh, well, I know, <coughs> excuse me, I know he did look at it. Yeah. And I think he looked at it to see if it was going to be a simple fix. Yeah. Because um, there was a couple of times I talked to him during the week and said, ah, oh, you know, this machine's doing this. This machine's not taking coins. Mm. Um, and there was one time where the MK2 cab, uh, its coin door was open. Oh, and yeah. And so I went up to Jimmy and I said, hey, you know, the MK2 coin door's open. And he went straight to those machines. Mm. And if he couldn't go, he got someone else to have a look mm. immediately. Mm. So he was on top of stuff for mm. sure. Mm. But, yeah, if it's going to be something a bit more complicated or he needs mm. certain parts or mm. specialists to fix it, then mm. obviously he's not going to be able to do it mm. when he's so busy. Yep. Yeah. Actually, I noticed he was using Trello. What's a Trello? Trello is a an app or a web app for like keeping track of work or oh. it's like um. an organizing like you it's it's like a virtual corkboard. So you create 
they call them cards. They're like virtual cards and mm-hmm. just with notes and you can put stuff on there. Oh, and yeah, it's big. perfect for keeping track of things like that. Like, mm. oh, Mark told me MK2 needs to be looked at. Mm-hmm. There's this problem. You just write it on the card mm-hmm. and then when it's done, you just move it to the done pile basically. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and I was going to talk to him about it because we use Trello at my work as well. Mm. But I forgot. Right. <laughs> and speaking of um, doors, there was the Frogger door incident as well Frogger door incident yeah remember um i remember Sunday when you remind night, me. someone i'm not sure who oh, saw it yeah i think it was ben some girl walked up opened the door put a hand in stole like a bunch of like dollars mm. i guess and ran away mm. that was bizarre yeah i think they uh i think it was jimmy who said yeah she's a known person huh they they must have, I think, I think it was Ben that said that there was another dude, and so it looked like some dude had the key, went and unlocked it, and then she came and oh. went and grabbed the money. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those are some of the joys you have to deal with when you run a business like that. Organized crime. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All for a fistful of dollar coins. A fistful of dollars. It's <laughs> good film that. Um, so we'll run through some of uh, the results of some of those competitions, but first I'm going to refill my scotch glass. Cool. Because I want more scotch. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. He's on the hard stuff. Right now. Mm. <laughs> Would anyone like a beer? <laughs> you then proceeded to like put your hand in your pocket. It seemed like you were going <laughs> to pull out hip flask. a bottle of scotch. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll have one. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, water. Water. I don't have bottled water. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Does he seem like the kind of guy that would be like, no, bottled water? No. <laughs> Room temperature. <laughs> <laughs> Only from the springs of the Andes <clears throat> or something like that. <laughs> From the fires of Mount Doom. Mm-hmm. I think much water there. <laughs> Jalapeno poppers. Yeah. We've almost finished the bag. What does that mean? It no. means we can Oops. open another bag. I know. Is that is that right thing to do? <clears throat> it is for the moment that we're in. The next day, maybe not so much. Right. (laughs) As you're passing all those jalapeno poppers. I'm pretty sure that Boys to Men song I was trying to remember is the kind of song that gets played at a lot of like formals or really not these proms. days, surely. No, not these days. <laughs> Back in the day, 
on Stranger oh. Things. What's on? Oh, it might be on Stranger oh, Things. Oh, why is mm. that? Because is that End of the Road? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, that's it. That, that's why we get played at formals and stuff. <laughs> something, something <laughs> to the end <laughs> of the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad I don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> Baker Snark MDW is saying something about England in brackets mm. with numbers. I think he's giving it's us a cricket, cricket update. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Hey, did you ask for a cricket update? No. Did you ask for a cricket update, Matt? No, no apparently the Ashes. You can tell we're all cricket fans here. Yeah. John didn't even know what it was. And, uh, yeah. Apparently it's 3 out of 20, which... Yeah. Three, three divided by three. 20. Does that mean out of 20 batters, they've got three points? No. Yes. 20 points. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. It depends what country you're in. Sometimes they do it backwards. I don't know why. It's 20 balls. Three out. No. Okay. We don't care. It's the 20th of March. Three legs. Yeah. Oh. You know, you can do leg before wickets. Is that how you get LBW? Yeah. 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 Right. Three legs. <laughs> so, if they had a one-legged batter, they could reduce the risk of legs before wicket. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they couldn't get legs before wicket. Yeah, because does it only got stipulates a leg. two legs? I think yeah. it's one leg. <laughs> leg before wicket. Mm. Oh, mm. shows how much I know. Mm. <clears throat> Maybe they should just replace their legs with bats, and then it would just count as a hit. <laughs> <laughs> that gave me a really funny visual. <laughs> ah, I'm sure Mark's enjoying our um, uh, complete ignorance of the game he loves. But he'd be used to that. <laughs> Too many facts to correct. <laughs> All right, so overwhelmed. That By first weekend. Yep. We had Kong off. Mm. That was awesome. Huge, mm. cool. Mm. We had Billy Mitchell there. We had Walter Day there. Um, I will go over, if I can, if I can find the web page, the qualifying results. And we had 45 players in the Kong off. Mm-hmm. So qualifying first was Shane Saul. Mm-hmm. And he's Australian, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Pretty sure. Uh, I think everyone was Australian except for Billy Mitchell, and Billy Jr. and... Barra. Barra. Wait, wasn't... Hmm. Okay, showing my complete ignorance of Donkey Kong players now. Because mm. I thought the person who won Kong Off 2 was an American. And that was um, Shane Saul? No. He was wearing an Australian tie at one point, so... That would seem to be... Shane was. Yeah. What? He wore a tie? But so was Billy. It was like a joke tie. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Um, No, the guy... He wasn't there this year. Oh, okay. Um, The guy who won it last time. Yeah. I forget the name. May come to me. Just like the song. Yeah. It'll take like 30 minutes. If I sing the song? No. So Shane (laughs) saw... He qualified first... With a score of 866,000. 
which is mm. pretty good, and yeah. also was a kill screen. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yes. And I think only the second kill screen on Australian soil. Wow. Maybe, and I think they were saying the first one in a Commonwealth. Is that right? I think so. I think the first one ever was, I think, an American player who visited, um, what's his name? Is it Alan Stahl? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I, uh, someone count, said the this Sydney story. Guy. Yeah. yeah. And sat in the magic chair, <coughs> yeah. magic shower chair, <laughs> which has its own trading card, by the way, yeah. um, and got a kill screen on Alan's machine. Hmm. I think that was the first kill screen on Australian soil. Of course, this could all be wrong. Yeah. And the Donkey Kong fans are screaming at their headphones at the moment. <laughs> Either way, Shane Saul got a kill screen, mm. which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I and kind of missed it. It was very we, loud. We all missed it. We were playing Iron Maiden pinball. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Like <laughs> mm. Some ruckus was going on. We just heard all this screaming. Mm. And, yeah. And then we, well, some of us raced around quicker than others. Yeah. I was probably the last to race around. And by the time I got there, there was just a huge, massive crowd all around this one person at one of the Donkey Kong cabs. Everyone had their phone out recording the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. and he did it. And that remained the highest qualifying score yeah. for the whole day. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Billy Mitchell, second place qualifier with a score of 778,400. Um, and then we have, I'm not going to read all the scores, but then we have Johnny Bond, Michael Kibbe. Um, Michael Kibbe's the nibbler guy, right? Mm, the younger one. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Billy Mitchell Jr., which, you know, no surprise, is Billy Mitchell's son. Hmm. Matthew Tecchio, Andrew Barrow, also known as Barrow. Alan Stell, Sean Tag. that's Pretty awesome effort by Tagster. Ninth place qualifier with a score of 446,200. I think Tagster told me that was a PB for him. Okay. Highest score he's ever gotten. Uh, John McNeil, Greg Pell, Jay McClellan, Sean Rowland, Chris Jennings, Richie Knuckles, Derek Broadfoot, Aaron Raynor, Neil Cairns, Luke Bushell, Jason McCary, Kai Stahl, Charlie Milne, Adam Lee, Jack Filippi, Mike Kulikan, Nathan Scott, Paul Falcone, Tanya Lowe, Neil Hernandez, John Eden, Tim Bragg, Tim Chapman. Mm. Oh, 32nd really? yeah. spot. He beat me. Guess who's in 33rd? <laughs> Matthew Tolhurst. <Yes. laughs> Robert Burns, what Catherine you- Scott. Adam Williams, Stephen Riding, Mark Bell, 38th. Mm. Terrible. What did, Let's look what, at my score. What was your scores? I want to see. My score was 20,700. That's even bad for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mine, I've done better. Um, yes, you have. Because you qualified higher. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you've done better than no, your I've qualifying score? score. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Your qualifying yeah. score was 32,800. Something like that, yeah. It was, it was just the token game. To put in to get on, on the <laughs> Did scoreboard. Did you just play one game? Yeah. Yeah, I only played one game as well. I was hoping to get in another game, but it was really hard to get on the machines. Mm. They were pretty oh, popular. Really? Mm. And to be fair, we waited until the last, what, two hours? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, we should have done the smart thing and mm. got in some games beforehand. But yeah. again, I mean, our efforts were token efforts. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, I didn't want to push out anyone that I thought could have, you know, actually qualified. Yeah, improve their mm. qualifying score, yeah. But that fucking Tim Chapman, <laughs> he beat us both. <laughs> Some pinball guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he rocks up to Donkey Kong. Uh, Belinda Clissold, Alex McLean, Ree Kulikan, David Clark, Daniel, Daniel Stachowicz, Ben Benassik, forty-fourth, hmm. yeah, with a score Good old of Big Buck Ben, old Big Buck Ben, yeah, <laughs> two thousand five hundred points. He should stick to Big Buck Hunter for sure. <laughs> yeah, and then That's in last is Serena Kiefer. So Ben Benassik was second last. Yeah, well, to be fair, Donkey Kong's nothing like Big Buck Hunter. Mm, yeah. True. You got to stick to your strengths. Mm. Which is shooting animals and looking at half-naked women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ben's a champion at that. <laughs> Literally a champion. Yeah, he's got a medal to prove it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, and then the next day they had all the finals, and I don't have any. I could not, for the life of me, find any posts or pictures of the brackets of the finals. Oh, really? I looked, but I couldn't find anything. I looked on Donkey Kong forums. I looked mm. on Netherworld Facebook. I looked on the BPAC Facebook. Um, uh, I looked on the mm. BPAC site, but it's currently down. Um, um, there is definitely... Looked on Aussie Arcade. Someone took a picture during the event. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's something out there, but in my half an hour search i couldn't find anything but either way uh it came down to billy mitchell and uh andrew barrow barra in the final Mm -hmm. and from what i understand i couldn't see the final all the way through but um barra was leading Mm -hmm. score wise this was the best game i think of the whole Mm. the playoffs yeah Mm. so um yeah barra was leading was it barra i thought it was shane I was sure it was Shane. Wait, really? Who are we talking about? The final. Oh, the final, yeah, it was Shane. No, are you talking about the... The The final, final. Yeah, the final, final. Was it Shane? Yeah, and Uh, guess who... Yeah. This is the little information I could find. I I was looking... (laughs) I'm blaming Aussie Arcade. So I was looking through my phone for the... the, If I took a photo of the playoff bracket. Mm -hmm. And so I just heard you say Barra, Billy. Like, yeah, that was a great game. That was the quarterfinal. Oh. Semi. The round of four. Right. No, 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 that's kind no. Of, no, it must have been round of eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because round of four, was it was Billy Dewey versus Billy. Junior. Yes, yeah. that's right. Mm. Yeah. So, it was oh. Shane and Billy. In the grand final. Right. Yes, yes. Okay. And was I describing the game correctly, or was that Barra and Billy's game? Where Barra and Billy's game. Barra was Barra ahead. was way ahead. It was, right. it was a really good game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was the, like, the, fi- the grand <clears throat> final... Was I remember Shane? It was he was a little bit ahead, mm. but he lost two lives really early, so he was down to his last life for a while. And then he had like some really well. I don't actually know the game that well, but there was lots of little floaty fires moving around. Yeah. There was like five of them on the screen, and they seemed to like corner him. Yeah. <laughs> and I got the impression that that was just unlucky RNG. Mm-hmm. Um. And then that took his last life. Hmm. And they were only up to 230 or something like that. Uh, not like amazingly high um, yeah. score. 
and Billy still had like two lives. So mm. he just played until he got up to the score and yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't he wasn't that far behind. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, cool. So Billy took it. Yeah. Yeah. Billy was the win roll. Yeah. Um so that was pretty cool. That was the first Kong off he's ever won. And unlike mm. my previous uh commentary in a previous podcast where I said that's the only one he's entered. That's not correct. Okay. He's been in other Kong offs. Okay. But that's the first Kong off he's ever won. Right. Yeah, that was really cool to see. Um, just the whole spectacle of it all. And mm. yeah, it's really fantastic. Mm. And the testicles and the wallet and watch. Huh? What? <laughs> the spectacle. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, testicle. I get it. Sorry, that was really that was, stupid. That was bad. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Um, then the next weekend we had the Brisbane Pinball Masters. I did have tickets to go into this, but I forfeited my ticket because I realised I wouldn't be able to do arcade champs and pinball masters at the same time. Mm. Uh, and it made me sad having to give up my... Brisbane Pinball Masters ticket because I'd been in all the Brisbane Pinball Masters Mm -hmm. and I love it and it was always going to be my one pinball competition. If there was going to be one pinball competition I'd enter, it'd be that one. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted to support the Australian Arcade Championship because it was the first time it's ever been ran Mm -hmm. and I think it needs the support to continue to happen. Mm. So I made the tough decision. I felt like I was... Choosing between dark side and light side. <laughs> and there's no turning back. I did get a bunch of people come up to me and, you know, mention oh, I've chosen the, the dark side or yeah. batting for the other team. Yeah. Um, but that's just the nature of things. It's a really interesting divide between arcade and pinball. It is. And it's just so... I wish I had something more profound to say about it, but... um. I wish that more people would be a bit more open about both. Yep. You know. I completely agree. Mm. It's There's definitely a divide there. I mean, mm. I think maybe myself, having been so ingrained in the pinball competition community for so long, mm. now playing on the arcade side, that division was very stark. Mm. People would come up to me all the time and just be absolutely shocked that mm. I wasn't going in the pinball competitions. Mm. Mm. Not just Brisbane Pinball Masters, yeah. all the other ones mm. as well. They come up to me and go, mm. what, what do you mean you're not playing pinball? Mm. Yeah. Like, they weren't even angry mm-hmm. or they oh. just looked really confused. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, it was, I mean, I knew a lot of the pinball people too mm. and that's the only way they know me. So, mm. yeah. I'd see, you know, guys from Wildball or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm not playing the pinball. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. And the funny thing is, actually, it also happens the other way around where from people that only know you through arcade stuff, Mm. they're, like, talking about pinball and it's like, oh, no, actually, I'm, like, into pinball too. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And to me, you know, I I have moved back more towards my arcade roots now. Um, But to me, pinball and arcades, it's all gaming to me. Mm. I don't yeah. see a clear division, yeah. but a lot of people do. And yeah. I think that's particularly the magic 
of this event mm. where they combine all of these people into one area. Mm. So you get people like Tim Chapman who are playing in all the pinball comps, but then, you know, runs over and puts up a score up on a on an arcade cab because mm. he plays both. Mm. And he talks to everyone and, mm-hmm. and he's happy to talk to everyone. He doesn't see that divide. Mm. Whereas other people do, and I think by having events like this, it will slowly break mm. down that divide mm. and people will understand that it's all just games. Yeah. People are all just there to have fun, mm. play with other people and yeah. have a good time. Yeah. I think it's it's there's something there to do with, you know, having games that you really love and some people stick to like one game or a couple of games that they really love and it's really easy to fall into this kind of way of thinking where you think that this game is a superior game to other games Hmm. Uh, and that might be the case like there's always games that aren't so good you know and games that are really well made Hmm. Um, but Anyone who's so passionate about something to be in a competition involving that game, there must be something of value there. I think mm. what those people are forgetting is that, you know, when you have other people who are passionate about something, there's a reason why they're passionate about it. Yep. And I think that you should be open to trying to understand what it is that makes that yep. thing fun or valuable. Yeah. Uh, and if you're closed-minded and like, oh, those people just don't know what they're talking about, mm. then I think that's just really naive. And mm. uh, I think that's the kind of thinking that creates the divide. Yeah. Um, people just thinking that their opinion about their chosen game is more valuable than, you know, games that other people love. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, it, and it ran the other way too. I mean, I heard... Yeah. Um, a few people, you know, mentioned things like, oh, pinball people are really weird. Yeah. Not realising that I'm a pinball person. It's, it's exactly <laughs> the same both ways. Like, there's people on both sides that, yeah, behave that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, I think it, it's more uh, pervasive than I would think, you know, that the people that cross over are really in a mi- minority, it seems. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, again, not to labor on the point, but having events like this, we'll have, <clears throat> we'll have that cross pollination so that people realize a game is just a game and they'll probably play both. And yeah. Hopefully in time. Well, Ben Benassic <coughs> voluntarily played pinball today. Today? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did yeah. read about that. Yeah. <laughs> he played Star Wars. Yeah. Crazy times. <laughs> but that's the good thing. And, uh, you know, the awards ceremony. Sharing the stage with arcade players and pinball players all at the same time. Mm. The crowd celebrating the wins weren't just arcade people. They weren't just pinball people. Mm. It was a mix of both. Mm. So that was really good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I was, you know, a bit actually disappointed about some of the things that happened there uh, to do with that. Um because it was being because the ceremony was mostly run by people involved in arcade it felt like pinball was a bit of an afterthought don't you mean it the other I, way around i guess they did it because they were trying to be inclusive which i suppose is a good thing don't you mean it the other way around um it's mostly run by pinball people 
the the I'm talking about the like the ANZAP awards. Oh yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no. yeah. <clears throat> like when um, Dave Peck was given his award, I think it would have been really good to talk about some of the things that he's done mm. because what he's done for pinball is pretty amazing. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he's I guess he's in a unique position to be able to offer that which not many people are in a position to offer. Yeah. Um, but uh, he doesn't have to do that either. Mm. Mm. So I would have liked to at least hear about what Dave Peck did so people who don't know who he is can learn about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this, for the reader's uh, understanding, this is the... This was the ANZAP or inaugural launch of the ANZAP and awarding of ANZAP yep. awards. And ANZAP stands for Australia, New Zealand Arcade Pinball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And so they induct people into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, and the person doing that was Phil Day. Mm-hmm. And he openly said on stage, I don't know pinball very well. Yeah. And, and then I think he said, you know, this is Dave Peck and... Getting his award, blah blah blah. Yep. But he didn't really know what to say about it. Mm. So I guess in that instance, you'd probably a better way to go about it would be for the pinball people coming up, say Jimmy Nail, stand all that mm. part. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, these things. It's easy. You work in, with what you work with. Yeah. So. And it's easy in hindsight to say these things. I know that when you're up there doing it, you know, you forget things, and sometimes mm. it's not that easy. Like. It's very easy to be critical, um, but, yeah, I mean, for next time, I think we can improve on yeah. on it. Yeah. 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 I think it's really good to have constructive criticism about these things rather than just letting them go and say everything was fantastic. It's it's good to provide that feedback and say, you know, maybe this thing can be improved mm. next time. Mm. So, mm. it's all good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the Brisbane Pinball Masters, qualifying-wise, let's see here. And we had a few international stars mm. out yeah. from the pinball Keen world. Yeah, to hear about that because I missed all that. Uh, we had <laughs> Colin Urban and Escher Lefkoff, who were two, I was going to say kids. They're not really kids. You'd probably call them young just, adults. Yes, just in comparison to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not of legal drinking age. Uh, Australian legal drinking age? Yeah, maybe they're between that 18-21 range. I know in the US they can't drink, huh. and their age is 21, I believe, maybe depending that, on that's, territories. That's what the movies and, tell me. Yeah, and movies are <laughs> yeah, real TV. life. Surely yeah. if they were between that age, they would have been knocking them back like crazy. Like, we can drink, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know if, that, if it works that way. No? Probably. Yeah. No, I think you can. Right. Yeah, 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 it's you can... based on where you are. Hmm. I didn't see them drink anything. It's not but... like you go back and wait. Get are you an American citizen? <laughs> you can't drink yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were out as well as Bo and Kerrens, hmm. um, and all three of these guys are sort of up in the running for best pinball player in the world, especially Bo and Kerrens. 
He's absolutely legendary. Ah, so I didn't actually connect. So Adam Lefkoff, Esh's dad, was yeah. not there. No. Right. I yep. didn't actually make that connection. Mm. But he I did guess just now. if he is close to 18, he's surely old enough to travel mm. on his own. I don't think he was on his own. Uh, I think he had some people there and maybe visiting family or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and uh, Colin and Escher, especially Colin, I believe, won almost every single pinball competition wow. that happened. Mm. That's a that's a bad um, showing for us. It is, but it's also a testament of their skill. Mm. I mean, they are absolutely amazing. Yep. And when you think about, you know, a lot of people say pinball is luck. Well, when you look at results like that. Who says that? (laughs) Well, even Bowen Karens himself, who's a mathematician, will say, I think he says it's like 80% skill, 20% luck. Yeah. Um, But I guess depending on your skill, that might skew further towards the higher end. I don't know. But either way, Colin cleaned up. I think it's only luck if the machine's badly designed hmm um i suppose there's always times when you can go sling sling out and there's nothing you can do about that yeah um or straight down the middle and but usually if it goes straight down the middle it's because you've missed or Hmm. something wrong has happened then if it's in the slings then something wrong's happened that's true that's Hmm. a good point yeah either way there's a bit of luck involved in pinball yeah because you're dealing with a physical machine, a physical ball rolling around on a physical table. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Brisbane Pinball Masters qualifying. We have Colin Urban and Esh- Escher Lefkoff, uh equal first qualifier. Oh, wow. Would, did they totally like destroy everyone else or was it at least close? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I wasn't following the pinball comps okay. that well. Fair enough. I just know that Colin won just about everything. Yep. Um, Bowen Karen's third. David Beck, fourth, <coughs> Peter Watt, fifth, Jason Lambert, sixth, Paul Jones, seventh, Tim Chapman, eighth, a good showing by Tim there, hmm. uh, Nigel Gripstra, ninth, Greg G, tenth, Matt Elms, eleventh, Simon Haxton, twelfth, Gino Timius, thirteenth, Hamish Guthrie, fourteenth, Stacey Borg, fifteenth, Rob Burns, sixteenth, Richard Rhodes, seventeenth, Robert McCauley, 18th, David Clark, 19th, Dirk Boy, 20th. Um, I'm not going to go through all of these because there's 160. <laughs> it was a big competition. Yeah. I think top 20 is good. Yeah, that's top 20. Hmm. But there's a... Did Danny sh- Peck play? Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say there's a shitload of people in this list that we know. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, we're all friends with a lot of these people. Mm. So you wanted Danny Peck. Let's look up some names that we know. Daniel Peck, 35th. That's pretty good. That's very good, in fact. Cardini was there, right? Yep. Andrew Fur, 57th, Mm. along with Pat Nichols. Oh. Yeah. I mean, out of 160, that's still not bad. Yeah. I know they'll be disappointed with that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 50th, yeah, doesn't sound great, but it's within the top third Mm. So that's pretty good. Yeah. I think. And in that sort of um at that level mm. of expertise mm. and with those internationals. Mm. 
What about Paul and huh? Logan Jones? Uh, Paul Jones was seventh. Um, Logan, 74th. I know he was very disappointed with that. Mm. Um, I think Dave Lowy was doing real good yeah. for most of the weekend, but I didn't see at the end. 40, 47th. I haven't seen in a while and would be interested to see because you grow a lot at that age. Yeah. Mm. So how old is he now? I don't know. Okay. Of legal drinking age. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> Wonder if he was knocking him back. <laughs> He's a bartender now. He's a bartender. Yep. Really? Yep. Wow. Yep. Jeez, he was just a little whippersnapper. <laughs> How old am I now? Far he out. actually explains that he was the original kid, the original pinball kid. Yeah, he is the pinball kid. He was before Colin, he was before Esher. <laughs> all these other kids coming along. Is he old enough to make claims like that? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, That's really weird. Who else? Our friend um, Robert McCauley, 18th. Oh, we would have called him out already. See, people like us and Robert McCauley look exactly the same as we did like a couple of years ago. Really? But Dave is now a bartender and making claims like I was the original pinball kid. <laughs> you know what he's saying, though? Robert McCauley? No, about us. Oh, that we're Saying old. we look hairier, greyer, <laughs> our skin is more saggy. Did he actually say that? Fatter. <laughs> I can't disagree with any of those things. <laughs> I, Wait, that, these are qualifying things, yeah, right? Yeah, it's just qualifying. Oh, so it goes on. It does go on, but I don't know. How many went through to the finals? 32? It's a cra- How does this comp work? I don't even know. Is this is the pump it seems dump? like... No, it's Brisbane Masters. <clears throat> yeah, it's split into divisions. So you have main division and then you have... Oh, yeah, there's like A, B, a division, D. B division, D, uh, C division, D division. Yeah, and they, ha- they all have their own, like, finals oh. and oh, their that's own cool. prize money. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Play- do you, you pick a group of machines or something like that? Is that yeah. what was going on? Yeah. It's similar to the arcade champs. You pick a bank. Oh, but they... Yeah, they had banks. Yeah. But we just pick any machine. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they had this chart up with all the lists of machines and like, mm. yeah, bank, one, two, three, whatever. You know what I think a lot of arcade people don't realise too about pinball is that it's much bigger right now than arcade. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's part of what Arcade Champs is trying to do, build something up. Yeah. So that it starts building the competitive yeah. arcade yeah. community. I mean, I think one <coughs> one fundamental difference is that Pinball skills are a lot more transferable. You kind of have these three main eras where the machines behave fairly differently. Yep. But there's still two flippers, you know. Yep. And as within the same era, they behave very similar to each other. Hmm. Um, and there's a whole different set of rules for each game, and you need to know that. But with arcade, the games are very different skill sets uh, a lot of the time. Yep. But um, Ben, Big Buck Ben has written a long message. Oh. Writing two lectures tonight. Sorry, I can't listen. Must be studious. Need shout outs, though. Also, please tell Matt again that he turtled. Mark shoved too many things down his throat, which he's just shoved something else down his throat. That's what I do. And John, that I've given those buff guys that hold the Snow Bros comp record his number. <laughs> There's buff guys that hold a snow bros comp. Ooh, well, sounds like you're in for a good time. 
<laughs> well, look, they can't do anything to me down the phone, and I'm very rational. I'll be like, look, I'm open. You tell me what's good oh, about Snowbrush. Yeah. <laughs> I want to learn. I'm a sponge for your Snowbrush knowledge. This no, is all sounding very sexual. I don't think it's going to work that way, but anyway. Maybe. Thanks, Big Buck Ben. The winner was Colin Urban. Uh, and again, I think he won everything. Um, Escher Lefkoff came second. Bowen Karen's third after beating Jason Lambert in the playoff for third place. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So basically a mirror of their qualifying positions. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Australian Arcade Championship. Mm. The inaugural Australian I watched it. I watched it on Twitch. Part, oh, yeah. of, part of it anyway. Mm. Oh. I was going to mention something before we move on to that, something you said, John, about mm. pinball being all similar. Mm. I think this is an interesting thing about running an arcade champ competition mm. in the style of pinball competition, or mm. at least in a head-to-head format, Yeah, is that, yeah, with pinball, you've got that similarity of mechanics. Mm. So, for instance, mm. um, just say you had Bowen Karens who had never played this particular machine before mm. versus someone who owns the machine and knows mm. it intimately, you'd probably still back Bowen Karens to beat mm. that person on yeah. that pinball machine. Yeah. Entirely different yeah. for an arcade machine. Yeah. Because arcades, they all have, like, exceptionally different yeah. mechanics. Yeah. I mean, for instance, you can't chuck mm. a Donkey Kong player onto Street Fighter 2 yep. and they're just going to do okay. Yeah. They won't. They'll do terribly in yeah. nine seconds. Game knowledge and experience is so much more important. Yeah. And then it becomes about knowing the other player and what games they know and what yep. games they're good at versus yep. what they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a particular difficult challenge mm. to put on something like this so kudos to the guys who ran it um i think there's definitely some areas for improvement which we can talk about mm. later yep but they did an amazing job in in putting together something like this that mm. still worked really really well yep so anyway can i ask a quick question no yes <laughs> no wasn't the time pilot machine like right next to big buck hunter Oh yeah, they moved it inside um for the arcade Which weekend. Hmm? Which time one? Pilot. They moved Time Pilot inside? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. So the the story, the reason why it wasn't seen is because um it was on the end of a road but facing out on the end of the road. Right. So so all the machines, you know, you would have seen like the middle aisle where all the arcade machines were all like facing inward. Mm. So you walk down the center you could see everything. Yeah. But Time Pilot when it got moved in it was on the end and like facing away. away. Yeah. And it's this black machine. <clears throat> yeah. It's like something that should be in the powerhouse museum. Right, yeah. You basically have to be facing it front on to see the screen. Yeah. Because mm. the bubble that is in front of the screen obscures the screen if you're looking at, at it side on. Yeah. But there's still no excuses. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not interested in excuses. Exactly. Danny DeVito <laughs> in the chat says, uh, Turtles, Street Fighter 2 and Time Pilot were all... Moved inside. Right. So they must have been elsewhere previously. They were right next to Big Bug Hunter. Potentially. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. So you'd think the Big Bug Hunter champion would have noticed. Yeah. I mean, that was my point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. 
Yeah. But anyway. Uh, the games in Australian arcade champs were Asteroids, Blazing Star, Centipede, Donkey Kong, Final Fight, Frogger, Gallagher, Ghost and Goblins, Mario Brothers, Metal Slug 2, Moon Patrol, Mortal Kombat, Mr. Do, Nibbler, Pac-Man, Pingo, Puzzle Wobble, Raiden 2, Space Invaders, Street Fighter 2, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Time Pilot, yes, it's in there, mm. Tron, and Wonder Boy. That's a lot of games. And and it was all score-based? Yeah. Yep. So when you played Mortal Kombat, you just play one player, get yeah. as far as you can. Yeah. Mm. Did you 1CC it in qualifying? Which? Mortal Kombat. Uh, yes. Cool. I managed to do that with a few seconds spare. Oh, Street Fighter 2, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. In qualifying. Right. Uh, Street Fighter 2, first time through I 1cc'd with a bit of time to spare. Second time I tried to beat that score, and I did beat that score, but had to stop in on the 15-minute mark. Mm-hmm. If I was able to continue past 15 minutes, I would have gone over 1 million easy. But wow. I had to stop, so hmm. I ended up with 890,000 or something cool. like that. Yeah, so does that change the way you play a lot then? Uh, I guess some games it wouldn't and some games it would. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think, so, I, you know, coming into it, I thought the time limit was going to have a big effect on a lot of the games, but it kind of didn't. Like it. I guess a lot of arcade Because you don't really are, survive past 15 right. minutes you generally. Have to be, you have to be really good. So, unless it was like a few of the older games particular that let you go forever, like Asteroid, uh, Asteroids hmm. was the main one I was thinking of. And we know Space Invaders. Hmm. And I'm sure there's a bunch, but yeah, like the, I think that's the reason why the time limit existed. But I didn't really see anyone playing slow games anyhow. Hmm. What do you mean by slow games? You know, like play Space Invaders and exploit the bullets or yeah. asteroids and only kill the UFOs. Yep. Stuff like that. But I guess you couldn't do that, could you? Because you because of the time limit. Yeah, I suppose. But then virtually every <laughs> other game you you know, most people didn't last that long anyway. So I don't know that it yeah, anyway. I'm trying to say it didn't come into play as much as I thought it would. Mm. So, yeah, to clarify, um, each of these games were open to every single player, registered player. You just go up and put up a score. You register that score. You've got 15 minutes to put up that score on one credit. Mm-hmm. Um, were they all on free play or? Yeah. Okay. And how many, was it max 30 games you Tw- had? 20? I thought it was 30. Was it 30? I don't know. I didn't play them all. You had a max number 30. The Danny credits. DeVito confirmed it, 30. Okay. So, yeah, you could play one game 20 times to try and improve your score, but then you've only got 10 left to do other games. So mm. you had to be a little bit strategic. Um, some people, like I think Ben Banasic, used the strategy of playing as many games as he could, trying to put up good scores on all of them. Yeah. Whereas I, and and really it was no conscious decision by me it was really just by the very nature that there were five games there that i was very good at i just put up scores on those five games and i basically left it at that yeah um i played i think two more other games Hmm. but 
they were games I didn't really know very well mm. and I just did it because I was standing around a little bit. Um, Apparently, some people use this strategy where they play the games and get the score and just hold on to them and don't submit them. I've heard about that. Yeah. Turtling. It's called turtling. It yeah. wasn't a strategy. So <laughs> it sounds like this it was person a we're talking about just couldn't uh-huh. be bothered handing the card in. It was too much uh-huh. effort. So they just kept playing the games. Is that what happened? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I happen to know this person. So mm, maybe the strategy intimately. should be called inadvertent turtling. Mm. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, so that's how it worked. You had a, what was it, 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. Yeah. to put in your qualifying scores. At the end of the day, qualifying standings, uh, we have equal first place qualifiers, John McNeil, Mark Bell. Hey, I know that guy. Wow. And uh, <laughs> Andrew Barrow. Wow. You got first qualifier. Yeah. And I was actually... Nice. Um, you only played five games. Well, I played seven, but five were my focus. Hmm. I should also say uh, only your top five games counted in your points Mm. rankings Mm -hmm. against the other players. Um, So that's why I could stick to that five and be fine. Um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I was a little, I was going to say annoyed. Annoyed is the wrong word. Mm -hmm. I was a little frustrated because I could have had a better qualifying position or a clear first place qualifying position. But there was a guy who only came in to put a score up on Mortal Kombat. And that's all he did. He just played Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat. Did the trick to get Reptile. Did that. Put up a massive score. And then I think he played two or three games of Street Fighter and got scores of 200,000 or something like that. But his focus was just to get Mortal Kombat. And because he did that, to put up a score on Mortal Kombat, he didn't care about going in any of the other, uh, playing any other games or going Mm. in the comp. Mm. So that one game knocked me down a point in the overall qualifying standings. And it was someone who wasn't trying to qualify, obviously. Yeah. And, I mean, it's perfectly within the rules and he's perfectly fine to do that. But the follow-on effect of that was... Uh, huge. Yeah. And we'll get to that later. Mm. Just a quick before you move on. Yep. Um, <laughs> was that because there was <clears throat> champions on each game and hence Big Buck Ben getting his Big Buck championship? There was. Uh, and the way I understood it, which was wrong, the way I understood it was that it was qualifying scores, highest qualifying scores... Mm-hmm. One medals, mm-hmm. but I was wrong. It's it's just high score, mm-hmm. so you could register a high score outside of the tournament mm. to get the high score award. Mm. So that person didn't need to enter the tournament to register a high score. Mm. Yeah, hmm. he didn't need that fifteen minute restriction. He could have won the medal anyway. So was that just something during that last weekend, or was it for the whole week? Then I don't know. Hmm. Next question is, did anyone else play Big Buck Hunter, do you think? Probably not. <laughs> I, I have questions about Samurai Showdown 2 as well. Ben reckons other people put in scores, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I was first qualifier with John McNeil and Andrew Barrow. 
Then fourth was Derek Broadfoot. Fifth, John Tannehill and Johnny Bond. Seventh, Mike Kulikan and Michael Kibbe. Uh, ninth, Matthew Tolhurst. Mm-hmm. I've heard that name before. Tenth, Stephen Riding. Eleventh, Neil Cairns. Twelfth, Lindsay Swindles. Thirteenth, Dennis Edmonds. We know that guy. Alex McLean. Jesse Bogey. Sean Rowland. Seventeenth, Adam Vesti. Eighteenth, Tim Bragg. Nineteenth, Ben Benassik. We know that guy as well. 20th, Greg G and Luke Bushell. 22nd, Jet Blurton. What a name. Jet Blurton. <laughs> uh, Sounds like someone having a, a, a um, what's it called? What's that one when people have outbursts? The mental. Blur- huh? Tourette's. Tourette's, yeah. Sounds, Sounds like exactly a, like that. A Tourette's outburst. Jet <laughs> Blurton. Oh. <laughs> You've just insulted that person. Yeah, sorry. They, they can't tell what their name is. Jeez. I'm probably not the first person. Next time at Kong Off, you're getting a fist in the face <laughs> from Jet Blurton. He probably loves Snow Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and Big Buck Hunter. Uh, 23rd, Dirk Boy and Daniel Stashowitz. 25th, Ben Piercy. 26th, uh, Dave Irving. 27th, David Clark. D-O-I-V-I-D. That must be a spelling mistake. Yeah, it's got to be a, a typo. Doivid. <laughs> uh, unless it is his real name and then we've just insulted someone else. Uh-huh. <laughs> 28th, Belinda Clissold. 29th, Ree Cooligan. We know that person. 30th, mm. Kerry Mays. 31st, Gary Eldershaw. And 32nd, Tommy Josie. Mm. And Ree is a Cubit pro. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. I was going to say, like, oh, yeah, Greg G came over and played. Yeah. And he actually did get a top score as well. Oh, you got a top on, score? On, I forget what the machine was. Oh, yeah, Mr. Do. Yeah. He got wow. Over. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> he actually so did he had, well in Gallagher too, 178,000. Yeah. And Time so Pilot. Right. Time Pilot was there. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess he was playing both. Maybe he, he wasn't expecting to do well in the... I don't mm. know. Whatever. I don't know him that well. Mm. Yeah, he put up a fight. I know he's he's really good at um, bomb jack as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. I want to say as well, like um, Stacey Borg was playing in the Brisbane Masters thing instead of arcades. I think he would have done really well. Yeah. In the arcade champs. Yeah, he's really good at arcades and video games in general. Yeah. Uh, I've heard he's terrible at everything. Oh. <laughs> Who's who's given you this terrible <laughs> rumor? I'm just saying that because I know if he hears that, it really annoy him. Oh. Right. Okay. <laughs> I see. So those were the standings. Um, Speaking of uh, Snow Brothers, mm-hmm. Aaron Hall, mm-hmm. his favorite game from 1990, other than Snow Brothers, 2020 Super Baseball. I'm sure that's a joke. <laughs> no. I'm sure he's a listener and he's just saying that. Dead serious. How no. do you know he's serious? There's no way he listened to our podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be- and also because it's a good game. Well, <laughs> some could say. Some <laughs> could say. So for the finals, uh, top 16 go through to the finals and split into brackets head to head. We had first going against 16th, which was... Oh, and... um. How the uh, ties for the top qualifier was worked out was one person was due to points or some such 
thing happening, they were chosen as the top qualifier. Mm. And then the the other two, which was myself and whoever else was the other person, there was a coin flip. And that coin flip just happened to make me last. So I was third qualifier, even though I was equal first. That's important for later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) So John John McNeil versus Adam Vesley. Ninth versus eighth, that's Matt Tolhurst versus Mike Kulikan. Yeah. Then we have 5th versus 12th, John Tannehill versus Jesse Bogey. 13th versus 4th, Dennis Edmonds versus Derek Broadfoot. 3rd versus 14th, that's Mark Bell versus Alex McLean. 6th versus 11th, that's Johnny Bond versus Neil Cairns. 7th versus 10th, that's Michael Kibbe and Stephen Riding. And 15th versus 2nd, that's Sean Rowland and Andrew Barrow. Uh... I have no idea what you played, Matt. How did your bracket go? Um, so Mike was the one position higher, so he picked Blazing Star and Tron, and I picked Turtles. Yeah, so the higher seed gets to choose two games. Yes. Lower seed gets to choose one. Well, this this is the whole important thing that we're alluding to. Yeah. The way how the order you the ranking in the qualifying <laughs> super important because all this stuff we've been talking about how arcade games you need to know the rules and kind of know you know mm. play them yeah it makes that really important because you get two picks instead of one mm. yeah that's a really interesting uh decision about how to run that considering how important picks are and to just give the higher seed two picks so was it was it swiss seeding huh? for the bracket or what? was it swiss is like when you seed if it's top 16, the number one seed versus the 16th seed. I think yeah, so. That's how yeah. it works. Okay, well, that's not too bad. But then it, for the next rounds, it, it doesn't mix makes them less up. of a difference. So, hmm. um, yeah, it's a big advantage <coughs> to give that person. And uh, But I guess if you have to choose three games. Like the general strategy, I mean, I thought was going to happen. And it mostly did, except for... A few surprises where <coughs> there's people on the 80 side and people on the 90 side. Mm, so you yeah, could, you could yeah. easily know who you're going up against and say, yeah. oh, I'm just going to pick two games over here. Yeah. 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 Mm. If you were playing the game right, you'd look up the previous qualifying rounds and look at what the player you're about to play against plays well. Mm. You can you can just see the games that they have really high scores on. Yeah. Do you think it would? Do you think it would work to have, like, maybe one pick each and then if it gets to the third game, have a random pick? Maybe that would be... That would even it out a lot. Mm. So, sorry, you you picked... Sorry, Mike picked which games? Blazing Star. That was the first yep. one we played. Yep. And yeah, he smashed it. I don't know the game really well. Like, only not from when we played it at Battle of the Arcades. Yeah. Actually, oh. you know... Sorry... I just thought of a, a, a good idea, which I feel like would be a better way to do this. Something that they do in other games. Players have vetoes. Yeah. So, you could have a random, but then each player gets like three vetoes. Yeah. Hmm. So, that way, at least they can eliminate games that they really suck at. Hmm. And it's still random, but it's not like someone gets totally screwed because they happen to get a game that they're really bad at. Hmm. Yeah. Actually, I think vetoes would be a really good way to deal yeah. with it. Um, but another thing that went on is that the, the games in the first round, because there's 16 
games to be played, every machine only got one pick in the whole round. Ah. Oh. Um, okay. And your picks... Uh, this doesn't matter as much for that, but also the other thing was that your picks, you couldn't pick it later in the tournament. Mm. Yeah. So once you picked a game, that's it. You can't mm. pick it again for the route. Yeah, the so rest of the card strategy. Yeah. As well. How are they tracking the picks like that? They're recording the- them. Yeah, okay. Somewhere. I don't know where. They're writing it down on the... The chart. Right. I guess, the you could just look at, I guess you could just look at the history of plays. Yeah. Hmm. It wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. So um, I think maybe they were try- with the the this restriction on one game per round. Maybe maybe it was like a way to optimize so that people don't pick. You know, everyone picks Pac-Man, and you'd have to sit there hmm. and watch like twenty Pac-Man games. Hmm. Um. Yeah, but that's, that's just how that ended up. Mm. Yeah. Mark said, don't think that's Swiss. I'm surprised to say that he thinks anything and not has the fact prepared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Blazing Star. Yeah. So, you know it a little bit. Yeah, he's, so I, he's I, much better, I guess. Well, he knows that combo. Right. And, and I don't. So, I just picked the R-type thing because that's what everyone tells me to pick. Yeah, you and can I survive out- easy. And I played out the entire 10 minutes, almost, or very close to the entire 10 minutes. Yeah, you get 10 minutes in the finals yeah. as opposed to 15 minutes, yeah. yeah. And he, he he basically passed the score in the first stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting game, Blazing Star, because, yeah, you can you can play for survivability, yeah. and the R-Type ship is good for that, mm. or you can play for score, and there's a ship that you can use a thing where it's basically got this really close-up blast in front of it mm. and just collect combos mm. and points and mm. shit all over the place and yeah your score skyrockets yeah, it seems like you have to know the patterns it's all about to be able to use that one getting the combo yeah yeah did you guys end up doing the strategy that we talked about on the plane in the two-player game when you were doing what well, did we talk on the plane we did a strategy so when we were on the plane yeah. we were talking about blazing star and ben was telling us how he'd worked out the combos yeah with the multipliers and was able to get a high score based on that. Yeah. Mm. But then when you were playing two-player, it stuffed it up because yeah. every time you kill something, yeah. it breaks his combo. Yeah. Mm. Not not every time you kill something, but because of the flow of the ships as they come in, he relied on that to build his combo and keep it going and you were interrupting yeah. the flow. Yeah. Um, so that's a spoiler <clears throat> for the later, if we're talking about the two-player thing. Huh. <laughs> But I'm just wondering, did you... We, yes, we talked that's about exactly what we did. He played strategy. the game and I just sat at the back of the yeah. screen. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't yet know how successful that was unless you were there. I don't mm. know. I don't know yeah. if it was successful. So he smashed you in Blazing Star. Yeah. Uh, what was your pick? Your Turtles. Pick? Turtles. Yeah. Oh, uh, you you beat him pretty easy in that, did you? Yeah, so he didn't know very well. Right. Um, and... Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I've learned from you. I just I just take the the two things that I know about you've told me, which is always use the the special attack. Oh yeah, the double press. Yeah. Yep. Which I think actually I probably should not do that all the time. Like use it selectively, but most of the yeah. time. Yeah, it doesn't work sometimes because those buttons <clears throat> are really spongy. Yeah. Oh, you got it pretty pretty accurate. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing is like hit the boss once and then walk down. Hit the boss, walk up. Hit the yep. boss, walk down. Yep. Yeah. Be patient. Yeah. Cool. So you you won that one. Yeah. And the loser of each game gets to pick. <coughs> oh yeah, yeah. Who uh, goes first? Who goes on first the on the game. next game? Yeah. yeah, which is another part of strategy. 
Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, he didn't see my strategy. What was your because, strategy? Because I lost oh, on Blazing I Star, yeah, and so I had him first. go first on turn. So playing footsies again. Yeah, me and John. I was just trying to stretch my legs out. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you've got such lankiness going on here. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. And yeah. what was Mike's second yeah. pick? It was Tron. Ah, which which um, you know, it, it's an odd. If you've never seen the machine, it's it's like really bizarre controls because mm. you've got the the stick and a button. It's a big joystick. It's like a a, it's like a pilot stick. Yeah. yeah, but it's digital. It's not like analog. Yeah, and then this dial that you turn for the directions of things. Mm. Um, so first time playing that game was there and using the controllers like that. Um, so I thought this was going to be like a really random kind of game. What do you mean? And by it kind of was. What yeah, do you mean by do, random? I, you can do good or bad. No, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At least I thought I could do good or bad, depending on when I get the light cycle mm. event. Right. Because it's sort of... The, the levels are randomised, aren't yeah. they? Right. So, you got a bad selection or... Uh, I got the light cycles early, lost the life, went around the thing. <laughs> and then I just messed up the light cycles again. Right. So you, I don't know. It's so, a you played shit then? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Sorry, I could have done. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so he beat you. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're out of the comp. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. That's a shame. Hmm. Mm. It was fun. Mm. Yeah, it was fun. Mm. Uh, okay, and uh, Dennis was up against um, Derek Broadfoot, and Dennis said in the chat. That what was chosen, um, let's see, Derek was the higher seed, so he would have chosen Time Pilot. Dennis would have chosen Street Fighter 2, and then Derek chose Frogger. And, yeah, yep, Denny says that's correct. And Derek would have won that, because he moved on in the brackets. Mm. Myself, um, I took a really big gamble, so I Mm. decided to play the long game mm. and try and stretch out my really good games for later on in the rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big gamble. Uh, I could see... I was up against Alex and I could see that she was quite good at classic games and reasonable at some of the, the newer ones. And the big gamble that I took, and seeing as I could choose two games, was that I picked one game outside of all the ones that I'm good at and I'd only played once during the whole week, which mm-hmm. was Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. I'm okay at Pac-Man, mm. but I've never been great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did play it that once and I had my best game ever on Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because the the joystick, there's something about that dedicated cab and that joystick. Mm. It felt really, really good going around those corners, mm. unlike any other joystick I've mm. used before for mm. Pac-Man. So I played really nice. Um, I stick to my usual pattern, which is not the pattern you're meant to stick to to play well in the game, but Mm. it's what I know, so it's what I do. Mm. And, you know, I can usually get a score of of around 30,000, which is not a great score, but it's okay. Mm. So I chose that first, laying it all on the line. Um, Alex chose Pengo, Mm -hmm. which I'd never played before except that day. And picked up a really good tip. <laughs> yeah. um, 
And my third choice or my second choice was Raiden 2, mm-hmm. which I was pretty confident I could win because I'm okay at that game. Mm. So, again, I was playing the long game. Um, if Alex beat me at Pac-Man, it was basically over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went up first on Pac-Man. No, Alex went up first on Pac-Man, and I was immediately dismayed thinking <laughs> I'm out. She knew the patterns to do. Mm. Um on those first two levels, she was doing the proper pattern. She was playing really, really well. Mm. So I thought, oh, God, she knows this game. I'm mm. fucked. Mm. I'm already out of the comp. I played the long game. What a stupid idea this was. What was I thinking? I should have at least thrown in a couple of my good games and gotten past the first round. You idiot. Um, but then she fell apart in the last, probably in the fourth level or something like mm. that. She started losing lives and... I don't know, maybe she memorized the patterns for the first couple of levels and that was it. Mm. I'm not sure. Mm. But she looked really, really good until that moment. Mm. And she died with about 23,000 or something like that. Mm. Um, So I jumped on and I managed to squeak past that score. So I felt much happier. Mm. (laughs) I had an emotional mistake. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then we stepped up to Pengo. And like I said, I'd only ever played it once before, uh, and that was that day. And that was when I learned if a monster is on the wall that you're on or next to the wall that you're on, you can press into the wall and press your fire button and and he taps the wall, shakes the wall, and the monster gets stunned. Mm. And then you can walk over the monster and collect points. I had no idea about that. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was a bit of a novelty. You know, someone told me this thing, and, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Mm then it happened to come up in the finals games and that turned out to be really crucial Mm. um so yeah i played that and i actually played well um played for a long time uh so so i was feeling a little bit confident Mm -hmm. but then she stepped up and she connected those three diamonds together which immediately gave her like almost three quarters of my score in that one level yeah um uh, and I knew you could join those diamonds together to get big points, but I didn't think it was that big. Mm. And I was sort of trying to get the diamonds together, but I was mostly playing for survivability. But she played to get the diamonds and she just destroyed me. Mm. Um, and it was after that game we had a bit of a chat and she said, yeah, I've never really played it before. And <laughs> I was watching you play and I had no idea you could tap the wall and stun the enemies. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> those things up. are always so weird, those situations, because I think people are being nice, but at the same time, it can come across as like a really backhanded like mm. compliment. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of those experiences in pinball comps too. And, you, you know, after you win, you want to be like, oh, you did really well and stuff. But mm. sometimes it, it can come across really, I don't know, not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Not saying that's what that was, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just reminded me of those awkward situations when you're in competition like that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so then we went to the deciding game, which was Raiden 2. Uh, I played a bit of strategy here, and because I lost the last game, I, I asked her to go up first, to play first, and my strategy there was... If she's not super familiar with the game, I wasn't going to show her about the purple weapon because hmm. that makes getting through the game a lot easier. Hmm. So she stepped up first. She didn't get the purple weapon until right at 
the end of where she was about to die. She didn't get through the first stage. Mm. And she afterwards said to me, yeah, she's never played it before. Mm. And then, yeah, I just played and got past the first level and beat her score pretty easily. But um, it was a close one. Was there any rules about uh, who played first? Yeah. Okay. So the person who lost the previous game chooses who goes first in okay. the next game. Right. Yeah, so um, as I said, I was trying to play the long game and it almost failed immediately because she was really good. Yeah. Um, so it was close. Yep. Very, very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, next round was me versus Johnny Bond, and this is where I decided... I, I know Johnny Bond's really good at um, just game playing in general. Yeah. So I chose two of my aces hmm. um, just to knock him out of the comp. I chose Mortal Kombat and Final Fight, mm-hmm. and he chose Nibbler, mm-hmm. and that went as about as um, predictable as I would have thought. Mm. Uh, Johnny stepped up to Mortal Kombat. He didn't even win a round. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to play Mortal Kombat. Mm. Okay. Just got destroyed. Yep. I played one round and beat his score. Yep. Um, similar to Nibbler, he made me go up first. I played and died almost immediately. Mm. I've only played it probably once or twice in my life. Mm. And he's really good at Nibbler, so mm. he passed yeah. my score in seconds. Mm-hmm. Famously, while drinking his beer. Ah, oh, yeah, people took <laughs> photos of that. He's, he's got a beer in one hand and moving the joystick in the other. Mm. That was and, great. And taking drinks. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, then we went up to Final Fight, and uh, Johnny was actually pretty good at Final Fight. He got past the first boss... A little way into the second stage, so he got me sweating a little bit. Mm. But um, as long as I have a a normal game, I was going to pass that score, and I did. So mm-hmm. that was fine. And, and I think that's an example of, with the format, you can basically lock someone out. Mm. I mean, I can choose two games that I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. The other person hasn't really got a chance. Yep. And if it was the other way around and he could choose Nibbler and something else that he was really good at, I was fucked. Yeah. Did um, they have another Final Fight cab, or was it still that emulation cab? It was the same one, yeah. Mm, That's a shame. Oh, was it emulation? Yeah. That would explain the slowdown. It was was really funny. Like, the frame rate was wrong. It seemed, yeah. That's what it felt like for me, anyway. Evan says it was a Pandora. Yeah. Ah, that would explain it. I really Uh, don't like Pandoras. Who'd you use on Final Fight? Guy. Always guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. The final fight guy. Mm. No one chooses Cody. You're about to tell me you choose Cody. No, no, I don't. (laughs) I'm undecided at this stage. I'm like just learning how to play the game. Right. Lots of punching and waiting for the enemies to walk into your punches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Right. This is what I'm finding. (laughs) Uh, Next round, and this is where the qualifying thing bit me in the arse. <clears throat> because I was up against uh, Andrew Barrow and um, I was feeling really confident going up against Andrew Barrow thinking, oh yeah, I've got at least two more aces up my sleeve, I can just wipe him out. Yeah. And then I suddenly remembered, oh, he's higher seed than me. Yeah. Oh, fuck. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was. Yeah. He chose Donkey Kong Gallagher, mm-hmm. two games that he is fucking good at, mm. really, really good. Um. So that was me out of the comp. Mm. I chose Street Fighter 2 as sort of like a, I don't know, bit of a revenge move. Mm. And mm. I was going to destroy him on that. 
and it went as predictable as you would think. The um, funny thing is, it seems like that's probably what Jody Bond did in the last round, like, mm. and especially with the beer, like he chose one of the games he's best at, yeah. probably knowing that I'm fucked now because, like, you know, I can't play yeah. Mortal Kombat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a real shame about that format. I think, uh, I mean, one of the things that Evan was talking about in the chat is with vetoes, you know, people who are really good at certain games will get locked out of playing those games. Hmm. But I think the way you could do it is you could still have the normal pick situation for the first two and only have the random game if the third game is required, hmm. which probably most of the time it would be. Hmm. And then you have vetoes. Hmm. Um, and yeah. so it's comes down to who is best overall, I think, at most games, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah. But I was also, you know, thinking about this, that the 10-minute time limit is is one of the big sort of equalizers, I think, because if you have people who are willing to put in the practice, hmm. you could conceivably come up with a winning strategy to mm. survive long enough to yep. get a good score in 10 minutes. Mm. And to the point where even if you are playing against someone who's really, really good at that game, if they have a bad game, you'd be in with a shot. Because mm. mm. I That's think, you know, Donkey Kong, if you can survive for 10 minutes, then even the best in the world at Donkey mm. Kong can get killed out of nowhere yeah. and but I just have a bad game. I don't know if you could say the same about like Street Fighter 2, if you can finish the game in 10 minutes, mm. that's not that easy. Yeah, but in 10 minutes, you could also do a lot of perfects. So if you learn the strategies just to get perfects. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Mm. I think there's a lot you could discuss about the format mm. and ways in which you could make it a bit fairer. Mm -hmm. But as it is, I mean, certainly people could get locked out mm -hmm. through game decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, I played Donkey Kong first. I actually did okay. I think I got a 30,000 point game or something like that, which is okay for me. And Barra actually said afterwards, you know, I was going really well and he was, and he was surprised that I could actually play the game. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I'm not known for it to mm -hmm. be a Donkey Kong player. Mm -hmm. Another backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take it that way. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just destroyed me on that. I'm too, went, too sensitive, like, what the fuck did that mean? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, then we went to Street Fighter 2 and, you know, similar story. Uh, he couldn't even win a round. And then I did a perfect round and passed his, like, quadrupled his score in that single round. Mm. Then we went to Gallagher and I survived as long as I could. I did something really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I got one of my ships captured, mm. which is all good. Yeah. Then I only had that one ship left to kill on the screen and it's mm. coming down and mm. I move to try and shoot it, shoot it, miss. Then it comes down again, shoot it, miss. Then comes down again, shoot it, miss. Then it comes down again, ah, shoot it, shot my own ship. <laughs> and this is being streamed to uh, God knows how many oh, people. Oh, <laughs> no. It was, it was so bad. That's terrible. <laughs> it can be a bit funny when you get into that situation because they don't stop once yeah, they there's just only keep a certain amount. And yeah. then they get faster and faster the longer, the longer you miss. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, oof, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> no. 
And that was the last, and then you just had your last ship left, so you couldn't get any more double ships? Is that what you were saying? Uh, the funny thing about our Gallagher machine was that the... I don't know if it was the monitor or the shroud around the monitor. You couldn't see the amount of lives you had. So I actually did have another life to capture another ship, huh. oh. but I couldn't tell if I did or not. Oh. So I didn't try. Well, y- you could only see actually one pixel of the top of the ship. Oh. Mm. It was like overscanning a lot. Oh. Yeah, but I'm not even familiar enough with the game to know where the lives are on huh. the screen. I oh. just knew they were somewhere oh, okay. and you could see one pixel. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So Barra knocked me out at that point. Um, but he continued on to play Derek Broadfoot for the final final. But before that happened, we had a playoff for third place between myself and Mike Kulikan. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I still had some aces up my sleeve, I chose TMNT and Ghosts and Goblins, and he chose Raiden 2. So I was feeling pretty confident about that. Um, TMNT, um, he did okay. He got... I can't remember how many, but he got up to... It was funny, actually, because he got up to the leeching point Mm -hmm. that you can get up to and start leeching points um, and then died. And so I managed to pass (laughs) his score without having to leech any points. Mm -hmm. So that felt good. (laughs) Because I didn't want to have to sit there and go ching, 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 ching to pass someone's score. So if it was one credit, was it just one life? Two. Ah, two lives. Okay. Yeah, you press the start button, you're given two lives. Okay. Yeah. I was playing it on MAME the other day and it was just giving me one life. Oh. Might depend on settings. Yeah. Um, then we went to Raiden 2 and it turns out he's really, really good at Raiden 2. I did not know that. Hmm. Um, I had a bad game, actually. It was the worst game of the entire week that I played on Raiden 2. I died halfway through stage one. Then I got to the end of level boss and just one of those random things, a tank right at the bottom of the screen shot at me with about, I don't know, half an inch distance yeah. and bang, I was dead again. Um, that doesn't usually happen, but it happens sometimes. But I got through there, but even so, it was, it was not a great game. But then he played and he knows all the strats. He mm. was really, really good. Uh, he ch- taught me a new tech technique on that first boss just stand on top of it yeah yeah saw this yeah <laughs> so here boss, i am dodging out the bullets. bullets all the way out tight yeah. out of its turret yeah you just stand sit on the turret yeah and shoot and you can hit you you shoot him yeah and and bullets just avoid you so yeah. you don't die by connection with the no, sprite right. of the no. boss hmm. yeah so i'm sitting down at the bottom and dodging bullets and weaving <laughs> and looking all skillful and then mike just goes up and stand on top of the boss and destroys it <laughs> Making me look like an idiot. Denny says, yeah, when Ma got to the spot with about two minutes to go, there was lots of muttering in the crowd. Uh, (laughs) Waiting to see if I'd leech. Ah. Mm, But I didn't need to. I already passed the score. Right. Yeah. Uh, And then Ghost and Goblins was the, the last choice. This was a funny one because... During the week, I found out a new technique uh, where people can point press on the first stage. And it's not even the first stage. It's like the first screen of the first stage. Mm. And you can point press over 100,000 points in that one spot. So uh, my strategy of getting to third stage to point press was just sort of out the window. Mm. So if people sit there and point press at that first bit, then... 
do you risk trying to get to the third stage to point press on that other bit, which does give you more points, mm. but you've got to survive to get to that point. Mm. Um, so as part of my strategy of losing the previous game, I sent Mike up first to mm. see what he'd do. Mm. And to his credit, he didn't leech at that first spot. He just played the game. Mm. Um, and he survived all the way up to the third stage and the point pressing spot, but he didn't know how to do it properly. He was trying, mm. but it wasn't working for him because he was in the wrong spot mm. and it, he ended up dying. And so I played as well. I decided not to point press in the first area because Mike didn't, um, but did get to that third stage spot and point pressed a little bit and then passed his score. Mm-hmm. So that was it, and I came third place. So that was really cool. So nice. out of all the things that could have happened with that qualifying standings and the brackets, I think that's the best I could have done given the circumstances that mm-hmm. I was in. So mm-hmm. I was pretty happy with that. Mm. Mm. That's Yeah, it's an awesome result to get there. I mean, it's it's very... It's a display of a lot of skill because there's a lot of different types of games. Mm. So it's not just about being good at a couple of games you have to know a lot of games and be decent at a lot of different types of games Hmm. um yeah i'd say decent at a bunch of games but i was lucky that there was five games there that i was really good at Hmm. if those games weren't there Hmm. and they're all classics or something like that Hmm. there's no way in the world i would have gone as far as i did Mm -hmm. because i'm not good at those those older games but yeah, it was a final between Derek Broadfoot and Andrew Barrow, and Barrow took it. Barra. Yeah. Yeah. In in uh, in great fashion, too, because I've, I don't remember all the games they played. You're not going to go through it? I don't remember either. All I remember is, like, <clears throat> see, I, don't, I hadn't been watching him very much the whole time, but I, I was on the, the side of, oh, he's playing all the 80s games really well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I don't know, I think it was maybe the last one that did Puzzle Bobble and he schooled everyone. Yeah, that Puzzle Bobble game oh was amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. He knew the whole thing. Like ben ben Benassic tr- uh, pretended to not be impressed, but he was also <laughs> impressed. Yeah. Barrow destroyed that game. Yeah. I've never seen anyone play like that before. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like, yeah, not one of the old classic games and he still showed everybody, yeah. Yeah. Like, he did the thing on the first stage to get ridiculous points, yeah. and everyone was like, "Oh, he knows the thing." Yeah, that we. But then he just continued to do all of that throughout the rest of the stages yeah. and doing amazing things. And <laughs> it was interesting to find out how much difference it makes to the scores building up those bubbles. It's a whole different way of playing the game to what I knew, but yeah, yeah. yeah so that was impressive from Barrow. Mm. Um, and sadly, for us Australians, meant that every single competition at BPAC <laughs> went to internationals except for one. Paul Jones won the Flip Frenzy. Yeah. Other than that, every single one went to an international. <laughs> That's because he's got the ruthless Flip Frenzy strats. Yeah. Must be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah.
people we need to thank, I think, and I'm going to miss some people, but awesome people that either put on the event or we met, had a lot of chats to, had a lot of beers with, ate food with, travelled with. Um, so Jimmy Nails, John Tannehill, Tyson, I don't know Tyson's last name, but he ran a lot of the stream and stuff like that. Mm. Phil Day, Walter Day, Billy Mitchell, Andrew Barrow, Mike Hooligan. Hargreaves, I believe. Is it? Okay. think so. Right. Mike Cooligan, Ree Cooligan, Alex McLean, Dennis Edmonds, Ben Campbell, Evan Weston, Ben Benassic, Jason Lambert, Greg Siegel, Neil Cairns, Jesse Bogey, Richard Rhodes, Pat Nichols, Andrew Ferguson, Dave Lowy, Logan Jones, Paul Jones, Timmy Chap, Steve Ritchie, because Steve Ritchie was yeah, cool. Yeah, we got some right. stuff signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. <laughs> and yeah, a bunch more people. There's going to be a shitload of people that I left out of that. Um, I'm sorry if I did leave your name out of that, but we caught up with so many people. Mm. We had so much fun. Mm. It was awesome. Mm. Had a great time. Yeah. And Scott Tiller, Stacey Borg, Darren Borg, Greg Bell, and Sean Tag. You forgetful fuckwit. So what, uh, did you speak to Bowen at all, or? Uh, I did, but the only, because I didn't play in any of the pinball comps, mm. the only interaction I had with him was, um, so I say I didn't play in any of them, I played in that one Brisbane pinball club comp at Netherworld, um, but I also put my hand up as a scorer, mm-hmm. because I, I like taking scores, because you get to meet and talk to more people because mm. you you know you run over and you take someone's score mm. and I took um, uh, Bowen Kerens's partner's score mm. and then while I was doing that Bowen was there and I said oh hey you're Bowen Kerens mm. and he just went oh, yeah, and he walked away oh yeah <laughs> that was that was the interaction I had and I was really disappointed wow because uh, I'd heard he's a really nice guy mm. But uh, he kind of just, yeah, wasn't. <laughs> Maybe they were playing a comp, right? Yeah, but also he was jet lagged, mm. so I think he just arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were commenting, commenting, commenting about Bowen that he seemed a bit grumpy and emotional and stuff like that. But then in the last few days, everyone noticed he sort of picked up and he mm. was talking to people and hanging around people a bit more. So I think he was just, I think it was a combination of the jet lag. He just finished Pinburg mm-hmm. previous, which is the largest pinball tournament in the world. Mm. And he helps run that. Mm. So he would have been dead tired. Mm. Um, so I can understand if the last thing he wants is someone fanning out that, you know, they're meeting you. But mm. at the same time, it was just a weird... Weird interaction. Mm-hmm. And a bit of a shame, but, mm. you know, I don't begrudge him for that. I'm sure he was tired. Mm. What about Steve Ritchie? And- Steve Ritchie was cool. Yeah. Um, we didn't really say much to him until right at the end because he was, he was doing lots of pinball stuff. We were doing arcade stuff. But there was a period where he was helping with the Mortal Kombat 2 competition which I completely forgot was on, mm. otherwise I would have entered. Um, and it was also off in another area from where all the arcades and pinball was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so after that, Steve Ritchie was sitting down at a table with a line of people up, just bringing stuff for him to sign. Yep. And it was cool because it wasn't just 
you know, you hand him a thing, he signs it, and then you walk away. You actually sat down next to him and oh. had a quick chat and, huh. you know, he'd say, oh, you know, what would you like me to sign and what would you like me to say and blah, blah, blah. And he'd usually comment on something. Did he tell um, you to play better? No. No? No. Oh, he didn't? What, what, what did he write on the marquee? Oh, on mine. It said, uh, to Mark, outstanding. Outstanding. Okay. Because mm. that's that, all that's out in Mortal Kombat 2. Right, okay. Yeah. He commented on my watch because he likes watches. Oh. He had a giant... Oh, yeah. Invicta, mm. Invictus. Is that what it was? It's watch. huge. Yeah. He said, oh, I really like your watch. I bet it's a lot more expensive than mine. I've got heaps of watches. They're bigger than this, too. And, <laughs> but mine was only $500, you know. Yeah. Was, hey, Invicta, something, something. <laughs> um, yeah, he was really, really cool. Yeah. What did he say to you? Anything in particular? <clears throat> oh, yeah, because I, well, I brought my Star Trek Nick Gen mm-hmm. translate. And, you know, so I rolled it out and he's like, yeah, this is like a really special one. You know, because you'll never get all these actors, you know, together again. Mm. That is something Mm. really unique about that game. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, which is that all of the actors on that show all recorded call-outs for that pinball machine. Yeah. Yeah. And which is is awesome because, like, compared to the machine that they recently did, the Star Trek machine, um, at first, it was all just clip sound bites from the movie, and then they got Kyle Urban, and in my opinion, he did a shit job, and uh-huh. it sounds terrible. Yeah. And I know that not everyone thinks that, but uh, like when he's when they're doing that mission, and he's like, "Jim, they're right behind us," <laughs> <laughs> and it just sounds like he's you know sitting in a lazy boy while he's saying it. But hmm. anyway, hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think it's because it must have been built into their contract to be a part of, like, a certain number of games and stuff. Huh. And and that it was early on before the show was, like, super successful. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I interrupted. And the other thing you said, like, you know, he points at the Borg ship on the, on the oh, translate. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this, this happened because... Um, the, the you know the people at the show said you've got to use this this is the Borg ship they're going to use in the TV series yeah. from now on ah uh, but then it got <laughs> and they didn't yeah hmm. and they went they used it in like one episode and yeah. then went straight back to the cube the first one hmm. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I believe it was the first one <laughs> I could be wrong no I think that the it, point it, of that ship <laughs> was like it was meant to be like it was taken over they put like a bunch of different ships together or something wasn't uh, it do you remember uh, I didn't think it was special. I don't specifically remember. I, mm. I did. I know I saw it mm. and going, oh, that's the one in the pinball mm. machine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I've seen ones that are modded that have like a cube instead. Yeah. Which looks a lot better. Mm. You can see why they went with a cube. In the show. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Danny DeVito in the chat's <coughs> confused about another Borg ship because, yeah, a lot of people don't know that there was that other one. Um, yeah. It was in TNG. Yeah. Uh, it's. It looks like, looks like a normal ship almost. It, well, it's yeah. odd. It's, I mean, it, it's weirdly shaped. There's <laughs> like a, a central fuselage with like corridor-looking things going out to the side with like side bits. Cool. <laughs> it's like two arms. It's not, of, a, yeah. not 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 like straight out like wings, but yeah, hmm. they're o- uneven. Offset, yeah, hmm. it looks like. I think the whole point of it was that it's meant to be like. That they've taken a bunch of almost mm. offcuts or 
they put a bunch of ships and like stuck them together kind of thing mm. because the whole thing with them is that they take over other ships mm. um but then yeah it it was only like one episode that that ship was in or like one double episode yeah. or something mm. yeah cool and denny also says in the chat that he got a fist bump straight up from huh? steve ritchie i assume <laughs> cool. that's pretty cool He's that kind of guy, though, isn't he? Yeah. Just really laid back and, yeah. He's he's like the Elvis of pinball designers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the king. <laughs> yeah. Did you ask him why he continues to put in rollover skill shots into games? <laughs> I did not ask him that. No. Yeah, I mean, I guess he probably wouldn't really ask him to his face. <laughs> no, he'd <laughs> probably kind punch of him in the face. Sarcastically make passive-aggressive remarks mm. about it on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Or you can. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Really? I mean, I okay. don't. It means I can get the skill shot every time. Yeah, but it could be anything. It's just, it's just empty points. Just play better. <laughs> so where's this? Um, Evan said he was going to put up a new uh, PB and/or world record on Final Fight tonight while we're chatting. I think he's running out of time. Mm. Oh, well, what can you do? <laughs> Dennis said he walked in straight away and I was like, hey, Steve. And he went straight in with the fist bump. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Heaven says not. He got wrecked. No world record for him tonight. So much confidence. Oh, he's playing with Guy. No, he doesn't play with Guy. Yeah, see, all talk. Evan, uh, Denny knows the score. Well, I think that's it, is it? Do we have anything else we wanted to say about BPAC? Let's go next to you. Yeah. I'm I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I've had some um, thoughts on whether I do a whole week again, but I'm, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I do another week. Yeah. You as well? Yeah. I can see how it would definitely take <laughs> some endurance. Hmm. Because that is, like, it's a lot of game playing. But there's no reason why you can't be, like, take a day off to yeah. go see koalas. Indeed. Speaking of which, that photo was ridiculous. Which, which photo? <laughs> the photo of Billy and Walter holding the koala. Oh, like, first of that. all, Walter's, hold, Walter's standing, like, as if he's pregnant or something. And he looks like he's pregnant with the koala. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen this photo. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, okay. Where's it posted? Uh, it was on our Discord. Finding it now might be yeah, not difficult. so easy. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure Mark Baker Snark MDW could Ah, uh, yeah, use the Discord search function and find it. <laughs> the amazing thing about sitting down with uh, Walter, Walter Day and Billy Mitchell at that koala sanctuary. And that's all thanks to... Um, there ben- it is. <laughs> ah, yeah. He found it. Um, that's all thanks to Ben Benassik's, um interview he did as part of his PhD and invited us along for. Mm-hmm. The amazing thing about that was that after that interview, Walter and Billy just assumed that we were all going into the koala sanctuary with them. Mm. They said, like, what, aren't you coming? <laughs> and we're kind of, uh, no. They were just super cool and and not, no judgment of anyone. Just, mm. you know, well, 
I don't know you, but why wouldn't you come with us? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, I just I was just really struck with how down to earth mm. and and um, accepting of people they were. Mm. They just had no judgment whatsoever. Mm. Were we going to talk about the whole controversy uh, yeah. um, event? Yeah, so apparently there was, or not apparently, there was some controversy regarding Billy's play during the Donkey Kong off. Mm. Um, I have not read the controversy myself, but you guys have read a little bit into it. So, oh. you, so my, you didn't it, read the, the no, I didn't thread? Read it. You told us to read it. I thought you read <laughs> yeah. it. No, I told you guys to read it, so I didn't need to. Oh, Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> I organised a thousand other things. <laughs> well, you guys have to go like do some research. <laughs> it feels I mean, a come bit on. like the angry wife when you come home and you're like... I can't just feed you all the information. <laughs> I took out You've got the to garbage. give some information back to me <laughs> sometimes. Like, well, I did the washing and I cleaned this <laughs> and I cleaned the toilet and I cleaned exactly. the shower. Exactly. And I vacuumed the goddamn floors. <laughs> so tell me about this controversy. It's basically a non-issue. Oh, cool. So thanks for listening to... Uh... <laughs> do you think so? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the guy put up a few points about things that, you know, if you were there, like, it wasn't really drama anyway. There's a couple of, <clears throat> there's a couple of, I think, levels to this, though. Okay, the, out of the, all the things you said, the only one that was off for me was that the whole, the event stream was on Billy Mitchell's Twitch. Oh, really? That's yeah. the only... Because the other stuff, because the other stuff was like, oh, there was supposed to be a rule that if you um, got past level five and mm. died, you should leave the machine mm. to let someone else qualify. Mm. And was he that was a on, rule? Or? I I think so. Hmm. <clears throat> so as far as I understood, yeah, that was a rule. Like if you if you didn't if you died early, you could have another go. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but see. It was written in this complaint about how he, Billy was given special treatment, but mm. that was not true because there were other people doing the same thing. Right. So, it's not like... Well, I think that... That, that Billy Mitchell was mm. given, you know, extra whatever for being a celebrity. Mm. It was everyone. Well, I think there, there were people that were watching him to find something to point out that yeah. was wrong. Yeah. So... So, I, it's actually, I'm not surprised. Actually, I am surprised to hear that, but also it makes a lot of sense from the point of view that it wasn't just Billy that um, those rules weren't being enforced yeah, for. It, it was, was like a special treatment, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's good to hear. And, yeah, I think that, you know, there's people who basically just want to discredit him because they don't like what he's done. Yeah. Um. But having said that, you know, if he is proven as a cheater, then to a degree you can understand that people would be not would not want him like in competitions. Yeah. Uh to an extent, yeah. I mean he's, he's okay. gonna attract some extra criticism yeah. for that reason. To be fair, like I I was pretty torn about the whole thing of happening there as well. Yeah. Um Me too. Yeah, because of all that. Like I, I don't believe that he that those records are real, mm. the old ones. Mm. But still, yeah, he's a good player now and mm. brings mm. thing in. He was a nice guy in person. Mm. So, you know, I in think the end, we'll, I think we warmed up to him. Yeah. And, and yeah, I just, you know, saying the praises of Billy Mitchell and how 
down to earth. He was, but I'm still torn on the fact that you know he's a he's a known cheater, yeah. and he denies that he cheated even in yeah. the face of mm. the facts that he cheated. Mm. But he's a nice guy. Yeah. So how do you? I don't know. I I still can't mm. join that disconnect in my own brain, let alone yeah, yeah, all the controversies and stuff like mm. that. So it's it's kind of hard to know without like having all the facts. But from what I read, people have a problem with the idea that someone can make a living off a reputation that's built from cheating. So. You know, he's built his reputation uh, in a dishonest way and he now is benefiting from that in that he gets prom- paid to do promotional work, which this is an example of that. Mm. But we don't know how much he's earning from it. Mm. We don't know that, you know, I think when those things are brought up on the forum people make out as if, oh, he's earning all this money from doing this stuff. We don't really know that. Yeah. We don't really know how much he's earning. Yeah. Um, so, and that's an important factor, I think, because <coughs> maybe they paid for him to come out here, but we don't know that, you know, uh, he might not be actually earning anything out of it. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, how can you make a judgment without really knowing that? <laughs> but I do understand that it makes sense, the idea that it's not fair that someone... It's its not really right that someone who's built a reputation and has cheated is still benefiting from that reputation, which yeah. is really built on a false, you know, it, thing. It's kind of half-half. Like, I knew of... Billy, before King of Kong, yeah. his reputation to me was, yeah, he had the Donkey Kong, or legit Donkey Kong record mm. and the perfect Pac-Man. Mm. Mm. I knew all that stuff before then. That's the reputation that I mm. knew. Mm. <laughs> so, the stuff that happened in the course of the documentary, yeah, it's an extra thing. Mm. Mm. So it's not It's not all... It's not the only thing he's done. Yeah. So, apparently, Denny in the chat saying that Billy had a... Special orange cab wheeled in uh, at the end just for him or something? No, okay. So, one of the... I don't think that's what happened. One of the complaints, the other thing was um, <clears throat> the higher seed would choose the machine they wanted to play on mm-hmm. during this, during the head-to-head. And then the the person they were playing had to sit next to them. And so, Billy had... The whole weekend, he'd been practicing and qualifying on the machine all the way on the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that was a special machine, but whatever. Everyone, other people could use it mm. if he wasn't there. Mm. <coughs> and so, when Shane, uh, you know, in the final, was, was he and Shane. And so, Shane picked the machine that he was playing the whole time, mm-hmm. which was two downtrim Billy's. Mm. So, Billy had to pick, you know, had to play on a different one. Mm. Yep. Now, in the complaint thing, it said that Billy complained about that. But no, I was there and I did not see mm. Any like yeah. Hmm. Again, I think it's that. people being super sensitive in terms of they're looking for something to make him look bad. Yeah, and and like it's it's a situation where you know there's this big divide between you know the two sides, and there's no middle ground. Like no one's being rational. Basically, hmm. they're just being totally. Um, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Like. <clears throat> um, 
I don't know, they're just arguing for their side of the story kind mm. of thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's totally yeah irrational because it's not <clears throat> looking at things from a wider point of view. I guess you know, um, yeah, you can you can if you're watching someone like a hawk, you can probably pick out things that they do that's wrong. You mm. know? Uh, and yeah, it's like Matt said, other people were doing things like that too, and I guess it's unfortunate that the tournament directors weren't more strict on some of those things. Hmm. Um, uh, I mean, another example is the whole thing with changing the bracket. So that was another oh, issue that was okay. That up. was re- yeah. And so actually, that was I think what happened was it was drawn up incorrectly and they corrected it because uh-huh. the easy way to tell is because the number one and number two seed shouldn't have been in the meeting in the semis anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that actually was yeah. correct, like the way the way it ended up with yeah. Shane and Billy yep. meeting in the grand final. Yep. That's yeah. That's so how a one and two C should work, right? Yeah. 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 It, but I think that it actually reflects like they made a mistake in the planning phase to begin with, or with the bracket to begin with, right? Mm. And the, and it was corrected. But I don't know. I think any any time you're running a comp like that you have to make sure it's right from the beginning because any time you make a change, someone's always going to get upset, huh. you know. Um, so, you have to make sure it's set right to begin with. Hmm. And if that happens, I wouldn't... I mean, it's a big decision to say, okay, we're going to change the bracket. So, we don't really know how much they discussed it. But, um, yeah... You want to make sure it's right at the beginning and that there's very clear rules and everyone understands why if there's a change and that it's based on rules that were set from the beginning. Hmm. Uh, And if people are complaining, then they obviously don't understand why that change was happening. And when I even asked, and it wasn't explained to me either, Hmm. it was just like, oh, yeah, it was changed. Right. So... Hmm. I think that was it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. But yeah, people, I think the only thing is like people are really kind of, they're talking about how on that forum they were talking about how some people believe that basically Billy shouldn't be invited to events like that because of his proven cheating and that there needs to be, like that negativity needs to be removed from Mm. the event yeah, and it shouldn't be rewarded. Yeah. And and look, I mean, he got flown out on sponsorship money. Mm. So, yeah, that's as reward as you can get for yeah. cheating and playing the villain and mm. all of that kind of stuff. But in mm. the end, I mean, it also uh, added to the event because people got to meet a celebrity. Mm. And like it or not, he's a celebrity mm. for the classic gaming community he's mm. he's the villain that mm. people love to hate mm. um so i don't know yeah it's, it's a question i guess of yeah what's best for the community and i guess some people are under the impression that it can't grow when you have people that are showing bad behavior like mm. that mm-hmm. i think that's the point of view that is being taken and and that's I don't know. I, that's not very conclusive, I guess, you know. Hmm. Um, yeah. 
and it's very one thing I they talked about was like, you know, whether or not the King of Kong documentary is getting people into playing Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. and I think that clearly it does. Yeah, I think it absolutely. very clearly does, and and people argued against that point, mm. but I spoke to a lot of people that said that that got them playing Donkey yeah. Kong. That documentary uh, is a big part of why the whole rise of bar arcades and arcade collecting and and again the Donkey Kong thing took off. I mean, you talk to a lot of people who now have set world records or have their own arcade cabs, and they often say they watched the documentary of King of Kong and and thought, oh, you can actually own these things in your house, and mm. they go out and they buy their first cab, and that's mm. where it starts. Mm. So that was a big part of a lot of people's um, beginning of this kind of hobby. Mm. And so for, that, so for that very fact alone, having Billy and Walter there is, is you know, it's significant because they are major characters in that film. Mm. And whether they play, uh, you know, the villain or, you know, they're acting out a character or whatever, it's a character that people like mm. or like to hate. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's contentious for sure. Mm. And like I said, I struggle with it myself. Mm. But in the end, I know that I had a great time. Mm. So, and that's all I can take away with me. Mm. His, like, his PR slash assistant guy, he was Yeah, he was a else. bit slimy. He kept, there was a point where he kept walking up to us and saying, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Uh-huh. It's just like... <laughs> No one wants to be the man. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah. It was a bit of a car salesman. What are you talking about? Mm. It's like, I think you want to be the man. I don't know if anyone else wants to be the man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> yeah. Awesome 10 days. Had a lot of fun. There was one question Uh-oh. that I noticed. How does BPAC rate versus other events? Oh. Oh, so, yeah, <laughs> that's a question from Denny. Um, uh, he says it's the first event he's been to and doesn't have a basis for comparison. Mm. So the only comparison <laughs> I'd be given is versus packs, mm-hmm. which is a different kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Mm. I think this is it, this event is a lot more specific to my taste personally. I can't speak for you guys. I think it's probably you're in a similar boat, but like PAX is so much more general, and mm. there's something for everyone at PAX. Mm. It's uh, more sort of panels based uh, and yeah, yeah, modern games. Well, <clears throat> a lot of panels, a lot of modern games. We have a really good classic area in Australia. I've heard it's not so good necessarily at other PAX things. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there's also board games, miniatures. Mm. There's so much going on, and so I, I guess 
the way to describe it is imagine if Eka was the gaming festival. Yeah, at PAX. pretty much. Yeah, and, but and the classic gaming area is just the yeah bits. But except mean, that the BPAC thing was like more. There's definitely mm. more comps and probably mm. and more machines. Mm. I think one thing I love than, at PAX that mm. is not unfortunately um, necessarily at BPAC, which you kind of highlighted by making that like saying like imagine if Eka was the gaming convention. Yeah. Is that you feel, again, it comes back to that big sign when you walk in, you feel like you're home, like everyone there is there for the same reason mm. and you're surrounded by people that are love that love gaming. Mm-hmm. And when, unfortunately, when you go to the Eka, <laughs> you got to walk through like the horse thing and you got to walk mm. through the arm wrestling competition and, <laughs> and then, yeah, and you- The eating competition. It is yeah. like- other people do kind of see us as like the weird arcade guys, yeah. Um, and so you still have that um, kind of stigma, and and you still feel like a bit of an outsider, yeah. Which at PAX is just it's really hard to describe unless you've been yeah. there. But as soon as you walk in, you just feel completely comfortable, yeah. Because everyone is as nerdy and geeky as you are, yeah. It's almost like a takeover of the city, you know, yeah. like the oh, nerds that's a good takeover. Point. It's not just PAX itself, is it? I mean, yeah. PAX does take over Melbourne mm. for that time. Yeah. Everywhere you walk, there's people that are going or have gone to or going to PAX, yep. and they have their PAX badge on, or they're dressed up in a you know a cosplay thing or whatever, yep. and everyone <laughs> doesn't even blink an eye, yeah, because oh, PAX is on. Yep. It's, the, it's Melbourne Games Week or something like oh, that. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going on around gaming for that week in Melbourne. Mm. Yep. But yeah, but but BPAC Showcase is so much more specific to like what I like in gaming, yeah. which is, yeah, arcade and pinball. Yeah, so I think BPAC's more specific to the kinds of games that I like. So... And and also the people there too, I think, are a lot more interested in being social mm. um, in general. Although maybe it's just because, yeah, it could be just specific to the people that are there. But I've personally, I mean, I think you guys know a lot of people at PAX, but personally I've found that at BPAC people are a lot more open and wanting to get to know each other and stuff. Yeah, I think it's because the, the BPAC thing, we're... They're in that hut for that reason, yeah. whereas the classic gaming area at PAX, it's, there's a lot more blow-ins. Yeah. Like there's, mm. there's the same people you see at the classic gaming, all, like like us, all the time. Mm. And you'll meet people, but yeah, but there's a lot of... Yeah, randoms, randoms walking through. Too, yeah. 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 Mm. A lot more randoms, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And there's also more interactivity at BPAC because you're playing games all the time. Yeah. Whereas at um, PAX... Yeah, other than the pinball comps and the few the few other competitions, not super many, but yeah. occasionally it's all just free play stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. not like organized in a intense, you know, competitive way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, PAX is a very different beast. It's it's awesome, but um I think I said after last Kong Off, Kong Off Two that that was the most amazing and best gaming thing i'd ever been to i loved it that much mm. um this one BPAC, because i've already experienced a kong off i i didn't get that same 
amazing feeling because I'd sort of already been there before. Um, so to me, it was kind of just as good as Kong Off 2, mm-hmm. um, despite this one being obviously 10 days longer and more events and so forth. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's up there with the, the greatest gaming mm-hmm. events that I've been to for yeah. sure. It's definitely the definitely the best gaming event I've been to so far. I even saying say it at PAX you are queuing up. No, that's not true. You mm. don't really do that anymore. Well, I personally don't queue. <laughs> mm. If I have to wait, I do something else. <laughs> I mean, if there's queuing, you might be waiting what ten minutes or something. Um, and it's really effective queuing. I think um, that, that if, if Evans only been to the 2013 packs at the showgrounds, that was a lot of queuing. Yeah, since, that was a nightmare. Since they moved to the convention center, you, you can get into anything and not wait in line. Actually, yeah. the only thing I really queued for, I'd say, would be the final. Um, yeah. Of the. Oh, the Omegathon. Yeah, yeah, the Omegathon. Yeah. But again, yeah. you only queue for what? 15 minutes or something. And you can get there late and still get in. If you want yeah. a good seat, you'd probably wait, but. Mm. You still do okay. <laughs> we even pretty much avoid the queue to do the VR. Remember that first year oh, I yeah. went and we found out the VR was there. And so we came up with the strategy of on the Saturday morning when we we went in <laughs> at 10 o'clock when they opened and we just ran to where the VR was <laughs> so that we could be the first in the line. Yeah. yeah nice. That was pretty good. Oh, if he's queuing to see brand new games. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's a different oh, story. Yeah, it's actually, I've never done that. Yeah, I don't, no. play, I don't play new games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are queues for, yeah, in particular booths for, like, pre-release game demos. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah, you're going to be thing. queuing for a long time for that. Yeah, I just didn't do those. Yeah, we never bother with that sort of stuff. And then we just go to Bartronica and stuff like that. Queue for mm. the bar. Yeah, queue for oh, 40 yeah. minutes for a beer. Queue for the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hopefully that's better next PAX. I mean, it's only oh. a month away, PAX. What? It's only a month away. Get out. Yeah. Maybe Biotronica needs some enforcers to like put some tape on the ground. and. No, I was going to say <laughs> they've uh, redone Biotronica. Yeah. They've made it bigger. Mm. Bigger? So ho- well, they've done something anyway. Yeah. I don't know hopefully what it like. they've solved the not being able to get a drink problem. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully. We'll see. They, a sold, a sh- no they sold a crap load of stuff recently who did oh bartronica yeah i think it was <coughs> selling from the collection to raise money for oh, i'm only assuming anyway uh ben Benassic says never thought i'd want to go to brisbane terrible weather terrible politics terrible cane toads but arcades and people are awesome <laughs> that's a good summary yeah <laughs> uh and with that i think we're done mm-hmm. okay oh, we're giving connection. ben the last word Is that wise to give Ben the last word? Thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System Discord at gamethesystem.co slash discord. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. You can reach me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. John twitches over at twitch.tv slash huago, H-W-A-Y-G-O. Matt, where are you? Lurking. Right. No <laughs> one can find you. Uh, on Discord. Yes, your BSS <clears throat> on Discord. Yeah. There you go. That works. I might write that one in for okay, next okay. time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please rate us on iTunes. Did we ask you what... Did I ask you what BSS is? Yeah. I think I did and I was drunk and I yeah, forgot. Yeah, every, everyone's <laughs> heard this story. Have they? I think so. 
Are you asking him to on air? I got to out myself to do this on the podcast. Is it something that you so don't, it's recorded? Don't want to out yourself on. It's oh, not. is it like your middle name? No. Dennis doesn't know. Yeah, I pro- I think he may have asked and I didn't see. Ah, oh. are you going to say or are you going to save it? You could save it. I'm Keep really, everyone I'm on really the edge of their now. seats. Because <laughs> it's really exciting. I want to find it? out. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> the embarrassing usernames that people make when they're oh. like 16 years old. Mm. Bullshit sandwich? No. Oh. Oh, was, the guessing game was a good thing that we used to do. <laughs> make things up. <clears throat> I don't know. The, it's, it's Black Scarred Soul. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah, because when I had to sign teenage up, teenage years, yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> the name of a song by a band from Wollongong called Segression. From Wollongong, yeah. Wow, wow, yeah. yeah. Local. There's a band from Wollongong. Yeah, there was. Yeah, <laughs> lots knew? of bands from Wollongong. <laughs> Is there? What oh. else are they going to do? Yeah, true. The gong. Yeah. <laughs> we just put down a whole city. Is it a city or a town? A city. Oh. The digs continue. Wow. So much shade. Yeah. <laughs> and we know people from Wollongong. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guys. <laughs> they know it. Yeah, true. Ah, uh, well, that's it. Have, have you finished your story? No, you haven't finished your story. Sorry. Continue well, your story. Is that it? I mean, it, so when I had to sign up for Hotmail, I needed a unique name. Uh-huh. And this, that's, I thought it was long enough and no one else is going to have it. Mm. Uh-huh. So that was my hotmail address, and I've just used that as my internet handle ever since. But you shortened it because you guys started calling me BSS in Quake Two, mm. and so I I just started doing that because it's easier to say BSS than yeah. Black Scarred Soul. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Easier to type. You wouldn't have even been saying it then, would yeah. you? Yeah, typing. Yeah, that is true. How yeah. did you guys play competitive games without voice chat? That's insane. In Quake 2. Was it always just 1v1? We learned how to no. type fast. No, you have bind, key binds. So, in the, the Quake 2 chat, you just bind... Because you, when we're doing the 4v4 team games, as the clan wars. Mm-hmm. This is what we're talking about now. Forget ending the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> doing the clan wars, it's usually 4v4 or maybe 2 versus 2. You would have the plan of like, okay, I'm taking the rocket launcher area. You're taking the railgun area. Hmm. You know, the rocket launcher guy would get that armor. You go back and forth. And we'd have buy-ins saying, you know, I'm here. This is available. The mega health's available. Hmm. And the timers and all that shit. So, you, the, the key binds are the, the text chat to each hmm. other. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. we didn't have voice chat. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. You had to be organized and pre-planned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But a lot of time we'd just play, like, deathmatch. So, you hmm. know, the server would start on Q2 DM1, first hmm. level, uh, with a timer. We all just run around like idiots, killing each other, yeah. mm. talking and chatting. Mm. Then it would go to the second level after the timer, then mm. the third level, fourth level. Mm. Then we get to the end of the game and then start at number one again. Mm. So, you know, most of the time we wouldn't be killing each other. We'd just be talking and mm. saying stupid stuff. Mm. Or well, a lot of it Forming was clans. 3D IRC was the other joke. Because you'd be... Uh, yeah. You'd have a mod... They'd do the, the 1v1 mods, like uh, OSP Tawny and there's another one. And so, like, you got eight people spectating and two people playing. So, even though one's spectating, we're just chatting, you know, mm. in t- text chat mm-hmm. while there's two mm-hmm. people playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then they finish and no one even really wants to play. They're just still talking. Mm. <laughs> yeah. oh, that reminds me of a really funny thing. When we first met in real life, yeah. uh, 
because you always used to use the the big the, sort of robot the cyborg. guy. Yeah, the cyborg guy in yeah. Quake 2. I was always the woman. Jungle. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I walked up to you and I said, sort of jokingly, you know, oh, you look nothing like your model in, in Quake 2. <laughs> you know, thinking that was really funny because, you know, yeah. it's this big cyborg guy and, mm. and Matt's, you know, nothing like that at all. Mm. And then you said, neither do you. Yeah. Because I always played as the woman. Yeah. So yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, we're done. Yep. We're finished. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Did you finish the outro? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Okay. I'm, I'm letting go of the broadcast button. Bye, Denny. Bye. S- Dennis. <laughs>